TJ, I, I was, you know, you know what my, this is relevant to you, I think, I, my last few days of uh, junk YouTube that I'll turn on while I'm putting model kits together, uh, somehow turned into Pokemon pack openings. Oh no. Uh, and I don't, I don't know about Pokemon, so it's fascinating, because <laughs> I don't, I don't understand half the words coming out of the people's mouths, but... I, I, I home in on the ones where they just say in the title that they got scammed, uh, and it's 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 very interesting uh, how how much fraudulent Pokemon trading card product there is uh, compared to a lot of other stuff. Well, fake Pokemon cards have been a thing since Pokemon's been made. Like there's always there's always this man. Uh, there's al- there's always those like. You, you you see those like uh, cheap Chinese cards where Pokemon have like five digit hit points and they have really weird names because they just kind of like brute force translated them. Uh, but well, there's n- that. There's that. That's still a thing. And then there is our, the modern, which is people weighing and resealing packs and. Uh, Doing a lot of weird things, trying to sniff out the best stuff and just hand you all the junk. Yeah, the the weighed versus unweighed, and then I thought for a second that just meant counterfeit versus uncounterfeit, but then one of the videos implied weighing would also let you know whether or not there was any hollow foiling inside a pack. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, what did, so, what did I see? It was something it was something like the um for a period of time weren't they changing the thickness of the uh, add-in card. So or the way to try and offset the that? way it works is that a holographic card has that extra layer of plastic to create the holofoil effect, which means it is very sli- by microns. It is heavier. Uh, there is a code card in every pack, and you can tell which if you got a good pack or a bad pack by the color. But that also means that that code card is lighter or heavier to offset that weight. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Oh, that's interesting. It's not it's not 100% because like a normal like a normal hollow that's just like the one window is going to be still going to be lighter than like one of the all foil etched holographic like super premium cards. Uh but you'll yeah, see like, like the, the reverse hollow versus the hollow. Right. So if you uh if you go see like well I mean like what you saw is like a full art or a rainbow on those pull videos. Like, those have, like, yeah. a crazy amount of hollow foil effect going on as compared to, like, plain old ones. But uh, sometimes, like, you can go on eBay and there'll be people who put up, like, 23 packs of, like, Darkness Ablaze. And you, you wonder to yourself, why are there 23 packs? That's a really random number to be selling up. And you mm-hmm. you figure out, oh... They weighed the packs and kept all the heavier ones, and they're selling off everything that is too light. The, the micron thing explains uh, my next question because I was sitting there going, like, if the if it's a discernible weight, is this not also a competitive for money card game? But if it's just microns, and it, ideally it's not human detectable, so that that yeah. makes sense. I get people in the shop so, who like swear they can tell, and they've never been able to prove yeah. it. That's also uh, why, with Magic the Gathering, the first couple years' worth of packs were like plastic or uh, white plastic and printed on it. And you could actually sit there and manipulate the cards to see what was in the pack. And yeah. So that's why why those early 
like those first two or three years before they went to like the mylari materials like if the packs are not out of a sealed box it is significantly less value and that's not even talking about how the earliest stuff you could map out right now. If yeah. you could, if you oh, open yeah. two or three packs, you could look at a rare sheet, and it was like they knew what the odds were. Like, okay, well, you got this is the first rare, this is the second rare down this middle line. That means most likely the eighth card down or the ninth card down has the black lotus in it. Pull that, pull those two packs that's, out, open them up, and lock. That's it the whole in. science oh, nope, when they it's one up. There you go. When they when they when they bust the money, open the rest a... of the box is junk. When they bust open a pre-unlimited box, like, that's the whole science. But, um, alright, I just wanted to throw in the one other thing I saw that was bonkers was, uh, and I'm sure it's, like, famous, uh, not Logan Paul, uh, was this, uh, booster box, it was, like, I think a Japanese booster box, and the guy had a one-hour stream, and I skipped ahead from a comment to, like, 45 minutes in when he finally just decided the whole thing was a, was a scam, and it was like he'd ripped the normal cards, and they passed the rip test, which I know from Watsy cards uh, is that like the core has a, has like, it's like a, a black mm-hmm. core inside the paper. So he he went to rip one of the hollows, and the moment he did, the thing just came apart like a sticker. It was basically a holographic card <laughs> with a sticker of an actual card put on top of it. That's how the hollow effect was done. And he could peel the on the hollows, he could peel the entire card off of the hollow. Uh, the holographic material, and he was like, "Well, that's it then. This whole, this entire thing is uh, a new type of fake. That, that whatever, whenever the video came out, it's like this is a new type of fake that we have not seen before. So now I have to document this whole thing and then shred all of these cards to get this entire mess off of the marketplace. Uh, it was, it was, it was interesting. It's very gossipy, interesting, but uh, it's also funny because like I, I, I don't, I, I missed getting connected to Pokemon." Uh, so I, ha- I have zero connection to it as far as, like, ever getting drawn to spending money on Pokemon stuff. So it's almost more safe than looking at Magic Card booster pack openings. I'm like, now nah, I have z- I have, I have literally, generationally, no idea what's going on in these other than picking up words here and there. <laughs> but it's still very interesting. Just the, the layers and layers of uh, protections that that marketplace has to craft for itself. Um... It was bonkers. So I was thinking about you and your uh, uh, adventures you've been having with Pokemon cards. Um, what the fuck's going on down there? And that leads us to the adventure of podcasting. Welcome to episode 616, the main continuity of WTF at TFW, uh, I'm joined by Aaron. Yes. That's right. Gem Mint. Got him mm-hmm. uh, sealed in a slab and everything. Uh, probably air holes. We'll find out. There should be at Hope- least a podcast worth, of, uh, podcast worth of oxygen. And then uh, resident, uh, I'm going to say resident Pokemon card expert of this WTF at TFW podcast, uh... Because I think specifically that's actually true. TJ, hello, welcome. It it, it is strangely yes. It is, it is a it is a, a professional amount of knowledge that I have now. Yeah, when you get involved in the marketplace, I now have learned from junk food YouTube uh, binging while building model kits that you actually do need to have a certain level of knowledge because there are a shocking number of forces just out to 
turn you into an offload for all manner of scam product. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, like how much responsibility is on is on uh, everyone involved that comes in contact with scam product to uh, to remove it. <laughs> um. It's it's not fun like Transformers where all of our weird like off market off brand <laughs> stuff is never like There's never been a scam in Transformers. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm thinking like right now. Yeah, you're right. There was that whole th- I forgot about the the 2010s G1 knockoffs era that No, those my mind were legitimate completely. finds from a warehouse <laughs> that had things in it. I just remember what was it? It was like really, uh, it was like arms crossed, uh, like circling around the table, eyeballing at Brian Savage, just like looking at the mm-hmm. the things. Well, oh, it, that was... It, it was it was right across from the like the fun pub table. If you had issues or wanted to use their <laughs> store, and it was the table right across the aisle from that had the literal wall. It wasn't like one or two things. Yeah. as memory serves. It was like up seven foot or eight foot or so of G1 boxes. And I, you know, and, you and know not why? like, and it wasn't like it was one Optimus prime and like one prowl and one blue streak in there. And, and one of something, it was like, no, it was just prime, hundreds. Prime, 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 seven deep. It's it looked, like, it looked like a starter set. It looked like a starter set booth for every burgeoning uh, G1 collector in the early 2010s. But you, mm-hmm. the reason I forgot about it is because I, I, and it's all coming back to me because this is the second, it's solved now was because the fandom uh, minds at large put astonishing work into solving that problem as far, at least mm-hmm. as far as creating identification charts and like how to know like when the grid is too crisp, if the grid's in the wrong place on the G1 packaging art, like that was solved. Uh, not quickly, yeah, there, there, what, but what was it? With there were ruthlessness. some of them that had like the wrong year's Hasbro logo on the box or something. That was the was easy like it, one. It had, that was the easy one. Yeah. Well, no, because I thought that there was one of them that was like between like 84 and 85. It was like some like kerning of the lettering changed or something where it wasn't like the one where it was the 84 to 87 or 88 logo. But it was just like it was some like minor change. But once you knew that, like, no, there's like half a letter's different thickness in between these things, you could go straight to it. And the, well, the um the the pawn shop down the road from me still has a couple of boxed ones that I told them long long ago were knockoffs and they failed to believe me because of the they're, price they're waiting for, for them. They're waiting for the road to close on itself again and everyone to forget like I just did for a few minutes. Uh, the, no, I call I call that the kerning one the easy one because that's still letter kerning. Because the hard yeah. mode ones were the ones where you had to look at the grid, you know, the grid on the on the packaging mm-hmm. art art style and it wasn't just that the grid would be wrong or have an abrupt you know photoshop thing it was that the relationship of the grid's position to the position of the gradient sunburst effect would be Mm -hmm. off by pixels now if you knew what the pixels were it would become obvious but if you didn't it was impossible to know uh and that's that's why i call that one harder just because that's pixels versus kerning i think the human eye sees kerning first uh but like I said, we also solved this. And now I think also now we're in a world where most collectors who are pursuing G1 stuff either have it uh, or no longer exist because we have multi-generational collectors now for whom G1 is unimportant, basically. 
so, you know, Transformers solve things for itself. Um, but we're going to kick off by talking about some Transformers. Um, ones that we got even. Uh, I actually, uh, I went and, and put, I put a list over here. Oh, Aaron, you put some things in here too. Hooray. Uh, mm-hmm. Discord did not highlight the channel as though someone had posted in it. I noticed it does that all the time with private text channels, which is very annoying. <laughs> uh, but, uh, TJ, you were on an adventure, and I, I recognize from, uh, Twitter that you also got some Transformers stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, bit of an understatement, I feel. Yeah, uh, put, ty- type some bullets into that podcastless uh, text channel, uh, and I can start doing my, uh, my, my brain exercises, and, uh, and I'll get everything in order. Uh, I have a quick question about, about, uh, myself. Did I tell the story of my two new Titan children that I got? Did I tell either of you about that? I don't think I did. No. Alright, then I'm gonna lead with that. Um, over on Twitter, uh, I made a, I, I did a wheel and a deal with, uh, uh, Kind Mazus. Over on Twitter, Mazus uh, and I did a little wheeling and dealing. We did we did a, a toy trade. I haven't I haven't done a straight up toy trade in a while. Uh, it was kind of fun. Um, so we did a toy trade. What I got out of that trade was I got Titan Scorponok and Titan Omega Supreme. Uh, Omega Supreme is missing the blast effects and countdown, but that's only because Mazus couldn't find them, and uh, I think found the blast effects later. And I was like, there's no rush, just whatever things uh, line up because I. I'm not that hung up about any of those things. Um, but if they, if they turn up, I will receive them, I believe. But, uh, I got Scorpidoc and Omega Supreme, uh, and I didn't pay human money for them aside from shipping some things, which was, which was very fun. And, uh, I've, I messed with those two toys for precisely, I messed with Omega Supreme for about four hours, and I messed with Scorpidoc for exactly two and a half hours. And they weren't mine. I was messing with them while doing professional work with them. Uh, and uh, it killed me because I think that they are the best two Titan toys. And then I was like, I'm not missing one of these again. And I went for Ark immediately. And I like Ark. Ark is not as impressive as these two, though. So uh, I, I was really happy to close the book on that. Uh, I, I transformed them both uh, just to, to have finally those happy memories and not be on like a, a clock messing with them. Uh and I, I enjoy them greatly. I think, uh, Scor- like, Scorponok, I think, is the best Titan robot we've ever gotten. Um, Black Zarak is, remains tempting because of that. Uh, but Omega Supreme, I forgot how much I liked that transformation, uh, the one day I got to mess with it. And, uh, so now they're both looming over me on a, on a, hopefully someday just temporary IKEA shelf next to me right now. Uh, they're actually right up at the top, which is, uh, it's really nice feeling confident putting them up there because they have ankle tilts. Um, so they're, they are not, I, I tested with, uh, bracing for impact below them as I did. Uh, they're not going anywhere unless I want them to. Um, but, uh, oh boy, I was really happy to close the book on that. It was killing me for years that I missed basically what I would consider to be the two best Titans. Maybe I would put one below Trypticon now that I own all three, but, uh, I need to mess with them a whole bunch. Um, but, uh, that was, that was my little happy story I wanted to share. Um, TJ, let's uh, grab grab one of yours, and uh, I'm going to do hot potato style for this because I think this will make the most sense. Uh, let's just like uh, let's stick to normal stuff because I'm still going through my list. Um, uh, did I talk Legacy Bulkhead? 
We talked uh, legacy stuff last time. Right. I distinctly yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, I just can't remember if Bulkhead was in there because I got him after the fact. Um, uh, I, I do know more recently was the, uh, the, uh, which was it? The reissue Scorponok. I got that. Oh, the Beast Wars one? Yep. Uh, uh, is there, is how, there another is reissue Scorponok I don't know about? I just, I always feel like I have to check well, because the, we, there, there's, there's also a, the G1 Scorponok, man, and it got reissued. Yeah. We're, oh, we're in oh, the unique yeah, position yeah, where there's there's just enough Scorpinox floating around for me to be like always slightly confused when someone just says Scorpinox. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I meant to ask how how yours is and whether the B works or not because I've heard from many <laughs> folks that the B doesn't really work and they never owned the original, so they were just they weren't prepared. They just confirmed yeah. to me that it, it sounds like they didn't really tweak it, but. Uh, I, I think the B is the way it's always been. I don't really have like a discernible difference. Uh, to be fair, the only the only experience I have with Beast Wars Scorponok prior was a very used copy that I own in my collection. So I don't know how the fresh B gimmick was in 1996. Uh, mine works I, though. Uh, like, I can tell you. In 1996, the like the, as when I say it doesn't work, I mean that the bee will just kind of like half open itself, half fire itself rather readily. Ah, that. Uh, in 1990, yeah, in 96, it did too. I Scorponok, I bought. Uh, well, I didn't. You know, I was 12, so uh, I was given Scorponok when he was new, uh, and the bee was jank back then. <laughs> so, I, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> It's all. It's always been a hair trigger that never quite did what it was supposed to do. Mine seemed to work okay when I fired it off, but we'll see yeah. upon repeat firings how well that does. And it's not really a way. For, like I always hoped that there would just be some magic way that they tweaked it so it would just stay nice and shut until you fire it, then it would open. But what it's trying to do is so hair trigger on multiple axes that like. I, there might just not be yeah. a way to do that. Yeah, it's it's ask, <laughs> it's 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 asking one latch to hold on to three springs at once, which is not going to go well. Yeah, and then for an un an almost an unrelated spring to be the one that sets them all off too, because mm -hmm. it's like you're going to fire it, and firing it is going to jostle it so it opens. Up, and you know, it's it's that whole kind of thing. Uh. Yeah, like he's still like, smoke. He's still smoky plastic and everything, right? Uh, no, not really. Like, oh, he he had a purple. So here, let me let me uh confirm. So they did keep the metallic purple to the to the claws and the, his lower legs. Like they kept that, and yeah. it is like slightly translucent, but it's like pretty dark. Yeah. You could miss it pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, light source behind it, it, the light bleeds through, but it's not like it's yeah, it's transparent overpainted or something. Right, right. But no, no, like, I mean, it still looks, it still looks good. Um, the way I described it was, it's a late Beast Wars tenth figure because it does have that, mm. it does have that like feel of, well, we're gonna try, we're you know, we're gonna try to an extent to get this mold to look cartoon accurate. And I mean, 
to a marginal success. Like it definitely, it's definitely like strikes me more Scorponok than the, than the original toy does. Of course it does. Uh, and I like the mm. look of it. It looks good in the metallic in like this gunmetal gray it's got going on. And like for him, I was just like, I was just happy. Like the, the stinger gimmick still works. Yeah, like the the stinger. I, Aaron, did we talk about this earlier? Because I, I, I feel like I'm mm-hmm. just having a deja vu. Yeah, yeah the stinger we, 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 is we like talked a lot. Yeah, that that stinger is like a whole action figure's worth of parts uh, up mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. So, so that. Yeah. So, yeah, it still feels good. Like everything still works on him. Which, well, as work as as it ever would, because the B is still meh. Yeah, no. If, if the B if the B is jank and the the stinger is satisfying, I can you know as I said, I can confirm that is how it felt back when it was new, as I recall, because I spent a lot of time with that guy, because um, there was a, a little bit of a Beast Wars drought in my area early on. I remember where I just kept seeing the same things, and I thought the line was over because I didn't you know look up on the internet what was going on. Um, I also never saw Polar Claw until many years later. Uh, but that's unrelated. <laughs> I thought Polar Claw never came out because I never saw him, basically. Uh, it just meant someone else bought it every time I was looking. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and those, those Beast Wars reissues seem to also very, very readily go on to rollback uh, down there. So uh, if anyone sees one for cheap, just pick, pick it up. It's fun. It's also just, I think, a good toy. Uh, it's It's not trying to do the weird mass reshaping that the Kingdom one is doing, so it's just like a decent toy of a funny little dude with a giant tail mechanism and a, and a kind of creepy splitting head. <laughs> I actually kind of, um, I actually kind of like how they painted the head. It actually looks cool. Oh yeah. Like trying to, trying to get it closer to the show. Uh, well that, well, well the, the, the robot mode head is a little bit weird just because like, it looks like he has this like open screaming mouth that they painted the inside of. So it's just like all white. Yeah. That's a little off putting. <laughs> Uh, but no, I meant the mutant head, like, like the mutant head with the red and gun metal looks really good. Oh yeah. I'm just looking at a, fo- a photo of it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. His colors are they, in, in the product photos. He looks different than I remember, but he, yeah, he's also just weird colors that can, they, they can play in a lot of different ways. Um, man, retail 50 bucks. That's bonkers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's. I want to bounce over to Aaron for a sec, because Aaron, you got some stuff as well. Uh, we got a whole spread yeah, I, of toys going on. I here. got a couple little guys. Um, so if if we're going to hot potato it, I won't. I won't go all at once uh, with my whole two for today. Um, but I did manage to pick up the core hot rod. Um, to, yeah. To 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 be one one of the the core guys to make the super mega plug together sort of thing. Um, Official name. What? what, There is an official name. No, I was saying you just. Well, yeah, there is. You just name dropped. Yeah, I I just named it. Okay, okay. (laughs) I, I, I wasn't sure. I I thought it was going with what was right, but, um, and it is pretty good for a very small scale hot rod. Um, Mm -hmm. it tries to do the whole um, um. Like the uh, vehicons, like the whole roof becomes the parts of the leg. Um, my my biggest issue with it is is his 
He has a backpack that's what holds his like uh, V-wing thing up on his back, and so there's yeah. a, a kind of peculiar, peculiar like you have to break apart the top of the car and then have them do the splits and like have one part over the other and then flip that back part up onto his back and then fold the legs back down because there's just like it's very step a step b step c and you can't do a c b at all Mm. um but beyond that uh he's actually got for for being like you know the 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 small uh like impulse style toy he's got a very fair range of of motion with a bunch of ball joints um like in in kind of stacked line and it seemed mm-hmm. like part of his transformation is he kind of has to go knock need but then that means that he can get a pretty decent like wide body stance because of the way that he has to like crunch in like like shoulders go up and in and you know the outer shoulders on a ball joint and the inner on a pin so you can get a oh. very good range of like sh- shoulder shrugged up to down to like be able to like flex out a little bit so when when they first on one of those Hasbro Zoom calls was when we got a, our first look at that thing and I was trying to describe that range of motion to to Hasbro Mark to know if that could be usable as articulation. And I can't remember if I was ever able to actually like, that's a weird thing to try to yeah. describe to someone else who's holding the toy. Cause I was like, I was like, Hey, can the, you, can you move the shoulders? And he was like, yeah, they move forward and backwards. I was like, no, 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 the other the shoulder. Can he yeah. shrug? <laughs> yeah. The, the one thing it's, it has what kind of feels like, a like there's some oblong piece to it where it wants to stay down or it wants to stay up. So like there's, there's a couple of spots where you can kind of go halfway in between, but if you're very close to all the way up or all the way down, it just wants to go all the way down. But it's something that's only screwed together with like three screws. So I'm sure if you really wanted to get in there and like exacto the corner off of whatever it catches on, um, then like, you could get a whole lot of that shruggy almost, you know, short of like the in and like the forward and back inside motion. There's almost like, I don't want to say like figure art style, but with the amount that it can go up and down and then the ball off of that, it gives, it's a thing that gives a, a much larger range to it, especially with the ball jointed elbow after it. And it's like always a problem that I, that it seems like I kind of eye roll a little bit about the the characters that get a sword that there's no like good inbuilt poses because the upper arm has like two swivel joints instead of a ball joint. And sure, you can get close, but like he can definitely do like the sword across the the chest, like ah, oh, this is the blade of my father type thing, or like a bit of a point to it, or like a side guard hold to it. Um, so you can do just a ton with it, with him, um, just in, just in the like arm articulation. And Mm. and that is what it feels like a, a sword wielding toy should have. Um, Uh, another, another interesting thing I learned about him, uh, cause I, I haven't found either packaging copy is, uh, 
The uh, the Legacy one has instructions for the sword. The Kingdom one has no instructions for the sword, which means if someone got the Kingdom one, uh, they don't know how the sword thing works. Uh, yeah, it so makes sense. It makes I, sense, I, but it's kind of funny. I ordered the Legacy one, and I got the Kingdom one. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, somebody out there was smart and also dumb at the same time. Um, but the the only issue i have it, it's like it's cool that all all of these guys scales um now are coming their weapons have like the the small peg and then the big peg further up from it yeah and in the small scale this looks good as a sword on the big scale it looks like a like a weird dagger like if you put it in a deluxe sizes hand it look it does yeah, it yeah. looks too big to be a knife but it's definitely not a sword. I would ju- I would go whole hog. I would just be like either either Core Hot Rod is holding it or Commander Rodimus Prime is holding it. Yeah, <laughs> Commander Rod. I'd I'd have to go dig it out, but it would be like, and this is his toothpick. Yeah, especially because he he also comes with a big ass sword too. <laughs> yeah, that's his that's his buck not his buckler his uh you know the um the the mangosh or whatever that's his other that's his his parrying dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, very cool. Um, I, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back and talk about some. I, I haven't seen any of those legacy core toys yet, and the other one you got, I'm freaking stoked mm-hmm. uh, to talk about uh, or hear about because I want spoiler. To um, spoiler, you should be. I have heard from everybody who got that thing. Even the friggin' Hasbro people are like when those Instagram uh, accounts were popping up at first. One of them, I can't remember who. I think it was either Mark or Sam was just like. Like, hey, I work on these, but also iguanas is sweet. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the potato back myself to quickly talk about. Um, I'm gonna talk about just a couple kingdom toys I, I got um, from GameStop in Canada, EB GameStop, because I was sitting there going, like, man, when am I ever gonna find these? And then I saw, I, I found Slammer in a store, and then I noticed Tigatron was just on their site with free shipping. So I was like, well, that solves my problem. Uh, so I got Slammer, who I think is the best weaponizer, not fossilizer or, um, modulator. Uh, unfortunately, he still has on mine, uh, the predictable kind of, like, um, peg fit jank that plagues the weaponizers, even when one of them comes out at the tail end of the trilogy, I guess. Uh, the upside of Slammer is that you can turn him into his tank mode. You do, you know, parts form him as you do, but he actually has a logical flow of parts disconnecting and reconnecting where you don't have to lay him out on the table. Uh, you can just pull a piece out and stick it back in without like feeling like you're juggling stuff. Uh, he just, he has like a flow to his parts formation, which was kind of neat. Uh, I haven't tried him as a tower yet, and I've only really transformed him uh, from robot to tank and back. I haven't tried him as armor bits or anything. Uh, but I also was really impressed to see that his backpack makes up the like the chainsaw sword and uh, and a, you know a cannon, and you can just pull his backpack off and arm him with his own weapons. Uh, he just feels very well realized for what he's doing. Uh, he's got a nice shape. And I wish his pegs didn't have that jank though, because it uh, it does make me immediately go like, man, the fossilizers don't feel like. Um, Tigatron feels very good in hand. Uh, the the bummer I have about him, and I'm I feel like we talked about this because when I was experiencing, it, I was like these feel like bullet points. Someone else told me. Uh, so his 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 uh fl- his 
what do you call this? His kidney flaps in robot mode. Those two things that form the mm-hmm. uh, the outer parts of his midsection. Uh, they lo- they don't tab in very well, so they they love to come with his arms when I swing his arms around. Uh, and I feel like I have to bend them past parts to turn him into a tiger, in a way that feels gross. And I don't see another way to do it with the way that the angles are cut. It just feels like that's the intention. And I think that there are like PA plastics involved so, so that it is, you know, durable and able to do that. Um, in general, he is just like a nicer Cheetor. Uh, if, his, if those, if those side flank panels locked in, in his robot mode, uh, I would call him categorically a nicer Cheetor. Um, as it is, I think he's just like slightly nicer. Uh, I'm also super let down that the gut gun doesn't go anywhere. It just sticks on the bottom of the tiger mode, but it's like someone, it's like someone knew what it was, but didn't understand what guts were, I guess. So they know where the gut gun goes and they know what it represents, but they don't know what guts are. So like, yeah, you just peg it on the bottom of the tiger and it's like, okay, yeah, but so a, now he's a tiger with a gun stuck on the bottom of his stomach, just sitting there, whole ass gun and B, the intestine parts are sticking out the bottom. They aren't even up in the, so it's... Mm-hmm. So he's got just guts hanging out everywhere with a gun hanging off of the guts, and uh, it's don't, it doesn't feel that great. Um, so that was a bit of a letdown. I think I just spent a whole long time sort of assuming in my mind that, like, well, it's gut gun. They, they'll know what to do with this. And then I got to that part, and I was like, I'm going to crack. Hang on, I have to crack these instructions open? And nope, okay. Inter- oh, interesting. And I tried to see if maybe they just missed something, and there, if there was room in there, but there there was not. Uh I think I'm I'm kind of happy I only got, you know, normal Tigatron and I didn't end up springing for the orange one. I don't think I like this one enough to own multiples. Uh, whereas while it's a nicer Cheetor, I think I'm really happy that I own uh, two and a half Cheetors uh, in Shadow Panther and, and Ravage. Um, but uh, that's that's my little kingdom closer until I pick up pipes, which I'm going to. Unless he disappears on me like Hoist did from Earthrise. Uh, I do want to pick up pipes because I have the other three and I like them and uh, I'm a fool. Um, but uh, TJ, I want to bop back over to you now. Uh, I, guess, I guess, just looking at your list, the easiest way to go about this for what we do on this episode might just be let's talk about things that are open. Uh, that That calms the list down a bit, I guess. That is what um, I figured. We don't have to talk about all of it too, because it's like overwhelming, and there's yeah. stuff here that I've I've had before, so it's not a for, whole lot. For context, for context, you went on a trip. In case, yes. in case, like people, it's not like you just went like I am going to order 500 transformers. <laughs> no, 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 today. no, 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 <laughs> no. Like how how people like save up thousands and go off to Vegas. I saved up thousands and went toy hunting in Arizona and California. Uh, including uh. including a place called Frankenstein's, which, to my knowledge, is the biggest collector's toy store in the entire country. I don't live in your country, so I have no idea. <laughs> no, I live in I live in the country, and I have no idea. But uh, I couldn't find anyone bigger at sixty five thousand square feet of toys. Oh, someone! I think think in America style. Someone out there is going to try to just like. Well, I've. I have sixty five point eight because they like they bash open their washroom or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just fill that space with some shelving. Uh, yeah, we hung up some Marvel Legends in the bathroom, so we clue that space too. Yeah, uh, yeah no, the, this uh, is the browser section. Jeez, I guess uh, yeah. Even going through this list, it's, it's still crazy. Even if we include uh, just the stuff that has been open, um. 
I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to pick the good one on the list. Um, I, I guess the best find in that entire list of stuff that is actually opened was the Car Robots Baldigus. I I managed to discover. And that's so I got because I, I can't remember now off the top of my head because I was very fixated on the Gobots Psycho that you had. Um, <laughs> is that is that the Japanese Car Robots Baldigus? Yes, it is. All right, so, that's that's the OGist of Baldigai. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow plastic. Actual tan armor hide. I can't remember his Japanese name offhand. Oh like, uh, yeah. Oh. For some reason, the I'm only, gonna go look. <laughs> the only one from yeah. that whole team I remember is Gree Jeeper because it's such a silly name. I think that we also said Greejeeber like 50 times. Oh, no! We said Greejeeber a lot because they did up a new Greejeeber for Transformers Adventure. Right, uh, right. Like five years ago. Oh, God. I think I even saw so we, that one. I didn't get it, but I should have. Yeah, we, we said Greejeeber a whole lot. Um, I, I'd like to thank the TF Wiki for, even when I searched for Baldigus, shunting me to the Ruination page, so it's just the Ruination names. I have to click on each of them individually now. <laughs> <laughs> God. No, wait, no, okay, down here in the Unite Warriors one. So it's, uh, it's Doll Railer, Dangar, Greejeeber, Hepter, and Shuttler. So I think Dangar is the tank. Yeah, it's probably not Shuttler. Shuttler is clearly the helicopter. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so it's Dang. In fact, Dangar is the only one of these names that is hard to remember because Hepter is, is just short for helicopter. So yeah, it's. <laughs> Uh, that's very good. Man, I've had, sorry, I don't mean to go off track already. I'm just having mm. nostalgia to, like, this, when that was new and going to a bot con and seeing the cereal box that Baldigus would come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was neat. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the G1 Combaticons with some extra play to their weapons, but it's still a fun set. Like, just in the, like, mm. the variety's sake, it's still a fun set to goof with. And I do really like these colors better than the uh, the American version. Yeah, like I, I like Ruination a lot, but Ruination's color scheme is like it's, it's a different character. Like you can't look at the yeah. two and go like, "Oh yeah, that's similar." Like they're they're completely different. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah. So the, the set I found is complete ramp and all, a uh, little pelvis piece and all. Uh, grand total seventy bucks, which. Uh, not bad considering I've seen them for like one, yeah, one fifty on eBay for the same condition. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I assume that especially in the OG pet like the OG release because I'm just looking I, I forgot there was a a pseudo accurate American release, uh, not perfectly accurate but like it's very similar. Um, it's got I was assuming it had to be at least like triple digits. No, like actually like. The one thing I was warned about was how expensive some of these shops I was visiting were, but I've managed to dig up some really, really good deals on some of this stuff, which is surprising, and uh, still uh, did not help me stay under budget. No, uh, I mean, I, I'm not even looking at the text version of the list, just like seeing, watching your Twitter while you were adding to your to your haul thread was like, oh, you're finding things. <laughs> oh, I found um, such things. 
Well, um, let's uh, let's let's bop over to Aaron here uh, just to get the other half of that core class story with the really ex- the, you know kind of the exciting one. Uh, sorry, Hot Rod. Hot Rod sounds very cool. It's unfortunate you came out alongside something that looks amazing. Uh, but Aaron, tell me tell me about Iguanus and how cool Iguanus is because it sounds like that's just the story. Ag- Iguanus uh, is very cool. Um, hit. So starting starting in robot mode between, I I think it's just his general body shape that poses very much to I am angry and can rip you apart type of posings, uh, mm-hmm. broad shoulders to narrower waist, but again, um, you know ball jointed knees that have a a bit of catch just due to to the shape, strong ball jointed ankles, strong ball jointed hips. Very easily, like pose him on one foot, um, either foot with the the like good ball joint tolerancing. Um, the his his head is amazingly posable for all of the stuff around around it. Like he can get to probably about forty five degrees to either direction with all of his like side of head tentacle stuff before it starts knocking into things. And I have to say, I have to say, I think his motorcycle transformation, as weird as it is, is one of the best motorcycle transformations um, that we've gotten in quite a while. I I have been ready. I have been ready to to stick up for that. I like RC's transformation a bunch. I like Iguanus's a bunch as well. Um, You know, there's no way. Iguanus is core class. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially for the size and the way that like. That the wheels have these big, like asymmetric ball joint pieces that work the way that they do in order to, like, become motorcycle wheels when all the other stuff goes around it, uh, and are, you know, great, great in that, and then also are able to, like, fold the way that they do and tuck up and make like symmetrical over the shoulder turbine fans. Um just so many things come together quite well. Uh the Yeah. The, about everything about every transformation on it is rotate this joint 180 degrees, now rotate the next joint in place 180 degrees, now rotate the next joint in place 180 degrees. Um but it ends up compacting into a pretty good motorcycle like it's like an iguana themed motorcycle. Um, yeah, I mean, people were dunking and, and on that when his, it got even it got his revealed. Like, tail, and... yeah, his tail makes such a great like motorcycle. You know, when you see the more like uh, crotch rocket style motorcycle seats that are the thin, narrow, but they have the like higher step in it, so that a second person could be riding behind it. It pulls off yeah. that shape very well, and like. Sitting here looking at him as a dude, you wouldn't think, oh, that's a motorcycle seat. But when you see it as a motorcycle, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a motorcycle seat. Um, yeah, it's got the shape. It looks like, uh, you know, like an, a custom chopper from A&E television programming. Yeah. Uh, now, people were dunking on thing a whole lot. And I remember at the time thinking, for core class, it's hitting a silhouette really darn well uh, mm-hmm. for for doing a, you know, a kind of classic Junkion style um you know, also kind of a classic common rider transforming toy who's a guy yeah. who turns into a motorcycle style thing. Yeah. Um, and, and 
the I think color scheme carries it well. Like I'm I'm hearing that the transformation on the on those wheels is is that interesting is what I was hoping. I mean, people have intimated this to me already, but like that he also does it in a way where he, you are not literally just bending him over. Uh, mm-hmm. I think is an accomplishment too. Yeah, you know, and especially because like I don't know how many times we'd get something, you know, in this legends kind of shrunk and then got big for core to be a i remember back when a ten dollar toy was 20 years ago and four times the size and financial (laughs) things and anyway titan's return um, titan's return was nearly uh how many years ago (laughs) yeah um heck all the way back to like armada the ten dollar toys were huge um but anyway like in something in this scale nominally like the the transformation beforehand would have been he's got a wheel on his back you flip over his head and then his weapon maybe is the other wheel and you jam it between his his shins and that's a motorcycle yeah. and this I guess definitely his, is not that his weapons unrelated which is again great for a motorcycle transformer yeah so then it's like the intermediate piece of the big weird sword thing and i kind of wish that either one side or the other of it was was not pokey that way it lined up better with things um because about every picture that i've seen of it um and granted i didn't get the official hot rod i guess so i didn't get the official instructions um like something you got has the to third sit party hot angle rod. from itself so, yeah i got the third party first party release hot rod uh, short instructions and and a pain app or something. I don't know. Um, but it like doesn't line up well um, to to then fit in a um, in like one of the five millimeter peg holes. Unless I've got some order of operation or layout thing wrong, it's like part of because. Both Skywarps and Iguanas's um, pieces have parts that stick past the interface point, so you end up with the with it hitting each other before peg goes into hole. Does that make sense? Kind of like looking at the shape of it, I I sort of see what you mean. I think I need to just you know me, I'm gonna get me, them eventually. Let me but let me let me grab pieces and lay it out on my on my desk and take a picture for you. <laughs> I do think he wears that accessory pretty well, like given that it's a piece of a three part sword. Like obviously Skywarp mm-hmm. got short shrift as far as the three different pieces, because um, Hot Rod got the basically the sword and iguanas got yeah. the hilt that looks like a gun skywarp got thing <laughs> yeah so it's do 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 this is going to be great for people listening um it's a human commonality i found that like when one goes to take a photo of something while in a voice call yeah. be it on a phone on this even in person uh what is the human condition I'm asking the listeners because I'm sure someone out there has the expertise to know that makes us always do the exact same do to do 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 thing unconsciously. Because uh, when people don't do it, you look at them, they are they furrowed brow trying not to do the do to do 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 do's. There uh, you go. That should be uploading to our 
shared deal. Hey, and it rotated oddly. But oh, I see what you mean. So because Iguanus's yeah. piece is in the middle, like it has points down, so you can't like in neither configuration of that you end up running into like the attenuator the backside of the like attenuator tongue things of Skywarp. And so then you go, okay, well I'll just turn it ninety degrees and then you can have like a, a basket hilt type thing, right? Well wrong because Skywarp's attenuator thing in order to be held has a handle piece that sticks out like night like it's sticking up like towards the camera in that photo. Yep. So I if see, you I take see what you mean. this piece yeah. and put it on there, you have to have it rotated at like forty five, like between forty five and and an X. You know, it, so, so then it's set up like an X. So then you take hot rod sword, and if you put hot rod sword in the gold end, kind of like how I have it laid out there, it'll actually fit into the hole, and the gold parts of Iguanus's weapon will go up over the crossbar. Uh, the red crossbar piece. So, like, it kind of becomes a thing, but then to have uh, a five millimeter hand hold it, you've kind of, you have to have it turned far flat, and then it ends up with that blade at, like, an odd angle to how a hand would hold it. Uh, We'll have to, we will have to pass this feedback along to Hasbro. That's unacceptable. It's, uh... I mean, it, it, it's a thing that's like, it, it's really cool, but when it comes down to it, here's the kind of combined photo that's now also being uploaded. It, I would like, also say this... Th- this, is, this is really neat. This is a very specific issue, but it, it's one of those like design pass things. Had, had Iguanus's part not had... Those, those additional pegs or those additional tines like sticking out of it, it would have been significantly better because then like Skywarp's parts would have mirrored the parts on the top of it to look like a cohesive unit versus this sits at like an odd angle and feels like it's like it's something I came up with out of happenstance versus something that was designed. Well, what, like what, just... I was gonna, what I was going to say is what what makes this a very salient critique of this is this is also, of all the Energon weapons in Legacy, as I understand it, this is the only one that actually appears in an instruction sheet. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all all the rest are uh, very, like, like, to paraphrase from that Q&A, which I, I mentioned a little bit later on here, um, the, the Energon weapons, there are a few... Uh, assemblies that are known on a design level at the top while those toys are being designed, but they are leaving all of that in, out of instructions for the sake of propagating a build-it-yourself play pattern uh, among children and adult collectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technically what you're describing is like, yeah, that's by intention, but this little trio appear in an instruction sheet in the Legacy Toys, so uh, ha, ha, critique, yeah. sound, justified. It's- it, it, it's it's one of those cases where it's it's like the frustrations probably more so because this is supposed to be an official layout of it, and it's it's like it's 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 like right there, it's right, it's 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 right there, and it mm, could have been could have been something more, and it just isn't. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
You just gotta you gotta get out the god hand nippers and just take matters into yeah, your own hands. Ma- maybe trim trim a part back or you know because because the other way and that's the other the other thing that I thought well maybe both of those attenuator pieces are supposed to be forward, but then it's like no because then I'd have to to shave off the like minicon peg five millimeter peg and the small pegs in order to get it to work so that's not it um it's 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 one of those so close but so far things that that mm. leave a comment on an instagram post they might they might respond i mean they'll just be like oh dang but there's, there's a there's a point of, you know what? That would be a better comment to leave on an Instagram post than asking like how uh, movie masterpiece blackout size compares to the Weijang OS knockoff. Um, that'd be a better use of that venue, I think. Saying, "Hey, what's up with the attenuators?" I think that mean uh, I'd have to actually figure out what my Instagram stuff is. Oh, that's all just Facebook now, though, isn't it? Yeah. I I actually don't merge the two. I I don't know why because Facebook owns them, but. Uh, I've never, I've never cross-contaminated those accounts together on my end, <laughs> but I think you can. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that's the yeah core class. Hopefully, we get another little trilogy of core class um, folks who are not a set of characters. Because I love that it was also like three completely unrelated characters who came with those bits. I think that was actually really cool. More inherent mm-hmm. storytelling. Um, I got some legacy. I can talk about. I got three legacy toys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I just say, hey TJ, let's hot potato three toys each, because that should that should more or less play evenly. I think. I'm just I, I'm I'm like hot eyeballing the non asterisks in the uh, the <laughs> list that we made in our internal chat system. Yeah, as I um, should have, I probably should have separated those out a little bit better. Eh, sorry. I mean, it's not even it's not even for public consumption. The formatting is perfect and professional. The public will believe me. Uh. I'm going to start off with Legacy Bulkhead, um, because, uh, basically, uh, you know, bouncing off of a lot of reports, he is way, he looks way nicer in hand in a, in, in a way where he doesn't, like, actually look different. It's, it's just very strange. Um, but, uh, he does have a very nice transformation. Um, I think I got kind of lucky because I had some very stiff parts on mine, and then I, I went to look at the, I, I saw threads later about, um, Basically, the two black plastic parts on him seem very uh, capable of snapping under pressure because they are under high pressure um, uh, spots. Basically, the the one on his midsection mostly just because the tabs are very solid, but the black panel on the back behind his neck, where the wheels folded up go in, or the I guess pseudo wheels, uh, that can just like like there's a lot of pressure back there, and I noticed that when I was transforming him, and I was like, oh, I gotta be careful. Um, it sounds like if you aren't careful, it's, it actually is not too hard to put too much pressure back there. Cause that black plastic is also, it's not, uh, nylon, it's not PA plastic. So it's brittle. Um, not like glass brittle. It's just compared to the more flexy stuff. So, uh, do be careful back there. Um, but uh, I, I, I like him. Uh, I like that he doesn't have to parts form. Um, that, that was also a pleasant, you know, I guess say just pleasant surprise for lack of a better term. Like I, you know, I'd heard about it already, but, uh. By all accounts, in the promo photos, he looked like he was going to have just a big flap that you store on his back, but then, you know, pop it off, whatever. What I didn't really catch right away is that that, like, backpack panel has, like, a a couple modes, because it can be a big shield, but, like, you can invert fold it and just put it around one of his arms on a wrist mount, and it just makes his arm into a giant pile driver. 
Uh, and I think that's kind of cool and a little bit thematic to go with the wrecking ball hand. Um, he's just a nice toy. Like I can't, I can't not see his teeny tiny little nose, but I'm, I'm starting to get over it. Uh, it just, it makes for a good alt mode. Like my only real problem is that and this is like really petty. The way his weapon storage works in his alt mode is such that you have to kind of juggle the weapons around or just set them aside. And I like it when you can just stick a weapon from one place to the other, but you have to like fully transform his legs to do that. Cause you have to form a peg out of two halves. And uh, anyway, that's like barely even a complaint. Um, but he also is very much like uh, a toy where I would say, if you don't like how he looks as bulkhead, then for sure, like just hang on. He'll probably demonstrably, uh, has a high, a high chance of being done as someone else. Cause that's just, you know, how we approach, uh, mainline toys. So, uh, keep an eye out. Cause I, what I can say is the core mold, I think is pretty good. Um, doesn't seem to suffer too much. And it was just, it was fun to transform. And I think had a few like, uh, interesting permutations of tricks that were not like too rote, which has been my feeling on all of legacy so far of the three I've handled, which is odd to say. Um, did you pick out the way of actually being able to mount his Energon weapon, like, on his shoulder? Yes, it took me a second because it looked like it wouldn't fit. And then I, and then it just did. And All I was right. like, oh. <laughs> but it really looked like the 5 mil peg was going to get in the way, and I was like, how does this work? And it, it just did, and I was like, okay. Um, but it, it is on a 3 mil peg, so it, it worked on mine. Uh... I have problems with three mil pegs sometimes, like on, on Studio Series Brawn, that three mil peg doesn't work on mine. Um, but on, on Bulkhead, it worked for me. Mm. Um, if we're going back to my list, I, um, I, th- I think, I think out of that list, uh, I think my G1 Highbrow was a really, was one of my better finds of the weekend. It's a top toy, in my opinion. I like that Highbrow. I, I like the, the, uh, Autobot Headmasters a lot in general, but yeah, I, I, uh, Highbrow's sec- second best, I think. I never had a G1... I never had a, a G1 Autobot Headmaster before. Like, I had... Oh, okay. Mm. I had Skullcruncher as a kid, but that was basically it. Um, just never the opportunity. And then, of course, like, the aftermarket price on those is absurd if, the, if you actually get lucky enough and find one with a head. Yeah. So, yeah, super happy to find that. It wasn't even like hunting for Transformers. I was at Anime Jungle in Little Tokyo. Like, like I was after Common Rider oh, stuff, geez. and there's just like a random G1 highbrow in there. Looks, you know, <laughs> throwing back to the previous uh, discussion, looks legit to me. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, really nice condition. Like under market price again, which was kind of surprising because it's not a place that like is shy about you know charging what it goes for. Yeah, I've heard that name before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they got a, like a big online shop as well. So, hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's still it's a G one toy, so it's a simple transformation. It's simple engineering, but like it's still like really cool to see the original headmaster uh functionality working yeah uh highbrow like i said i i call him second best i think that uh g1 brainstorm is just a it's just a something i think g1 brainstorms is magic uh, probably my favorite headmaster of that era but 
Highbrow is a close second. Nothing against Chrome Dome. I just think Chrome Dome is less impressive uh, than Highbrow or Brainstorm. This is funny looking. He's got weird legs. Don't talk about his legs. Should work out. Should work out more. Should have. Should have gotten. Should have gotten me chocolates when we met up for lunch. I. I have hold a grudge. Chrome Dome. Um. I, I also just I, I like the, the Autobots more than the Decepticons as well. Just for something about about their vehicle modes feels like more of an, an achievement than the beast modes on the Decepticons. I mean, that's also my taste. It, I mean, for the gimmick, it's also more thematic for them to go into like the cockpit of a jet as opposed to the back of a wolf. Yeah, because it's like mm-hmm. it's like I'm piloting a jet. It's like cool. I'm piloting a bat shaped bat vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well, congrats. Yeah. Like, you know, headmasters also are, especially the big ones, like not the juniors. Those are, those are classically more expensive with headmasters. Like the headmasters themselves have more parts to, to lose basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not little two part foldovers with a chair. Um, so now now you just got to track down the rest of them. I mean, it's a fun, it's a fun, if you're not in a rush, they are a fun, uh, set of six toys to pursue. You know, leaving leaving out the the horror cons and the cities and everything. Seven. Um, it's is it seven? Who'd you forget? Oh, I always forget. I always forget. Hardhead exists. How dare it you? It always slips my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I do it on purpose to neg him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know where he fits in my rankings because I keep forgetting he exists. I'm like, yeah, of the three Autobots. Uh, these two are the are my favorites. It's like you've forgotten about it, just to get angry at yourself for when you've forgotten and remembered. <laughs> it's it's just you know ways that I, I keep myself humble, so that whenever uh, people come up and go like, "Oh, here's that Transformers expert," I can be like, "No, I ain't. I always forget that Hardhead exists." And then they're like, "What are you talking about?" But that's the only situation. Like, I remember, remember Emirate Zeron. Yeah, I remember Emirate Zeron, and I remember, I remember, uh, I remember. Um, uh, Deliberata, but I'll, I'll forget Hardhead all the time. The one with the two-syllable name that is just two English words. Uh, well, um, I will I will move on to Deluxes in Legacy because I got two of those as well. I'm going to talk about RC because um, I, I got to throw the obvious shout-out. Aaron, if, if I had not heard you describe RC's midsection, I would never mm-hmm. have thought to try to snap that in place. It is... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, such a not Transformers hand feel aspect of that toy. It's weird as all hell, and it is, I think, on PA plastic, but it's like somewhere between PA and, and polycap, because it was dead ass hard to get it to happen the first time. Now it just happens all the time. It's like I had to like commit that shape to its memory somehow. Uh, mm hmm. And, uh, like, like if you don't know what we're describing, for various reasons, plenty of ways you might be hearing this the first time, the ball socket in the middle of RC clicks into place for bot mode. It clicks into place the most obvious way, but, like, it's very hard to describe. It'll make a click. You'll hear it. You just gotta leverage it, and it, it will lock, um, to a certain degree. But, uh, I really like Legacy RC a whole lot. 
uh, her backpack is like just as modular as that Alita one backpack from the, the Hasbro stream that they were showing us. Cause like she has in the instructions, the whole, like remove the wheels and put them back in. So she looks like road rocket thing, mm-hmm. but you can also just open the backpack and open those wheels. And she has a jetpack that kind of resembles Windblade's backpack, which I think is mm-hmm. really cool. And she effortlessly turns into a G one ified version of the mermaid triplets from revenge of the fallen which friggin' blew my mind when I just tried it for fun. She does it so naturally, it feels intentional. Uh, I don't think it is, but I think that there is, like, a good 30% chance someone figured it out during development, and I'm just sitting there going, like, this would be a really funny way to add the movie-verse to Legacy, is to, like, go movie-verse, uh, you know, Moonracer, or whatever the not-Alita-RC name was. Um, it really works well. Like her legs are posable still in that sort of, you know, bionic motorcycle mermaid way. Uh, but I really like the transformation. Um, the, uh, the, the one other thing I should mention is that there are two tabs on her pelvis piece that folds through her legs. Those need to tab in. Otherwise the bike mode will never finish. And I don't think the instructions get that part across very clearly. Uh, so be aware of that. I had to help someone with that on Twitter who was stuck for days on RC trying to get that to work. And when I mentioned the two tabs, they were like, oh, that fixed it. So uh, I believe they confirmed to me though that that is not super highlighted in the instructions. So FYI, uh, which is a shame because I do want to give a little shout out. And I know I've heard conflicting opinions on this, and that's completely valid. I think the instruction color palette for the legacy instructions is one of the better semi-monotone color palettes that they have done for instruction books in a while. It's two very starkly different colors. Uh, still doesn't mean the instructions are necessarily great, but I think the color palette is a lot better than like purple and darker purple or red and darker red. Like it's nice. That it's I, I two just frequently colors. wish that they would go for like one more color. And I know that yeah. one more color on a printing press increases the, the cost by a significant percent over just two color. But come on. Ah. Yeah, it, it is damning with faint praise that my praise is there's two colors, but they're two different colors instead of two hues of one color. Uh, <laughs> but it's something. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like RC. Again, like, like I'm kind of over the noses. Like, I've, I've said my piece. I did, They don't work for me that well. But in person, it's also just a very good uh, Transformer Deluxe, I think. And it's really nice that, that, that as a motorcycle transformer, much like Iguanas, she actually transforms a lot. I think her transformation gets quite bonkers. Uh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really impressed how hard that transformation goes. Um, I think the instructions actually make the transformation harder because whenever whenever swiveling hip joints with the legs in a splits position appears in Transformers instructions, I think it just makes it more complicated than it needs to be in, in the visual delivery. Um, so once I got over that, I was like, oh, this is actually way less hard if I'm not trying to spin her hips around a whole lot. And if I just know where they end up, like this makes more sense. Yeah. Um, That's where I, I, I know that they're doing a thing where it's like only do like one joint on one axis at a time or something on instructions. But there are times where just be like, just grab the legs and pull them out to the side. Don't like. Yeah. Leg rotates ninety degrees forward. Knee rotates ninety degrees forward. Leg rotates ninety degrees outwards. Leg rotates ninety degrees. For- it's like no, just like. Boop. Well, Have also, this be the final position. On this one, it introduces um, 
I'm getting really granular here, but I feel that this happens enough that it's worth pointing out because I can cite it as a regular occurrence. The The issue this raises is that while it tries to make this clear, it doesn't. Uh, it's easy to rotate her hip joint or her thigh swivel to follow the instructions, and that can lead to very minor asymmetries that I think affect the stability of the motorcycle mode very slightly. Mm -hmm. And also, then you end up with, like, the fat side of the rivet pointing one way or the other, and then if you don't know what you accidentally did and don't really, like, have experience with all those different axes, you can think, like, why is the fat side on on the front on the left leg but on the back on the right leg and vice versa? Um, So there's just little things, but, you know, I I also like critiquing the instructions because hopefully somehow... Somewhere, someday, uh, folks involved hear these things and implement them. I feel like there's no proof of this. The fact that there are two separate colors in the instructions feels like a soft response to everyone, not just us, often pointing out the whole thing of, like, purple and darker purple is not easy to see, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I like I like Legacy RC. If you don't like her as, as you know, Prime RC, again... Uh, demonstrably in the instructions, they literally show, oh, here's how to make it look like Road Rocket. So there's going to be options, at least one other colorway, hopefully more than one other colorway. Um, good good figure, though, I think, uh, on a base level, worth picking up in some colorway. Uh, and the waist, it's not like a full 180-degree waist swivel, but she gets enough waist swivel with that ball joint and just a little bit of tilt. Again, feels very untransformers in hand feel, but in a way I don't mind. Uh, anyway, uh, TJ, let's pop back over to you for another one of your, uh, opens. Uh, see, does my G1 Abominus count? Yes. No. Uh, I was... Okay, 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 okay it's a 50-50 <laughs> no. ruling now. This, that's post, that's post-1985. Like that. That's not, that's late Scramble City, that's G2. <laughs> Thrown back to the people who have said that that post-86 is G2. Anyway. um, Yeah. uh, I was going to say, for Abominus, are there common missing bits on him, or is that a simpler one who just has a gun for each character and a shield? Uh, That's pretty much what it was. It was just, it's a gun for each character. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, like... I don't have the individual guns. That's those are the parts that are lost. The robots are all there. The main the main gun for Abominus and all of his uh, combination bits are there. It's all I'm really that concerned about. I know Abominus was one of those where like I don't really like. I don't care about the robot modes essentially. <laughs> like the also well, the little guns don't do anything for Abominus. They don't have spots to go in. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I, I just I like the weapon. I like I like the beast modes better. Like if I got them separated, it's going to be in the beast modes. And this Abominus himself, uh, just be frank, he's going to stay as Abominus for a while and just like stare like threatening at my uh, my G one Computron. You're not going to challenge fate and transform a G one toy over and over again for a few months. I don't think so. Don't think so. Okay. Okay. Not a risky prospect, I believe. But no, like yeah, like I don't. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, like Abominus is one of those where I have had I've had numerous opportunities. Uh, I think the last road trip I went on, you know, to Orlando, 
I had the chance to get one. I just keep passing, keep passing, keep passing, and like, no, I'm on vacation. I'm bringing plastic monsters home. I've made this decision now. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like, I don't, I don't even remember if there are common breaking points on Abominus. Like, he's, as far as I remember, a fairly heartily built uh, Scramble City piece. Yeah, and actually, like the the weirdness about him. Uh, because of the way Hunger's, like, beast mode next work, he's actually, like, decently articulated for a G1 combiner. Oh, right! Yeah, yeah! I remember that now. Um, is, is it, is it obvious I don't have one? Or at least I don't remember if I, I think I, no, I got one very late in Collector Life before I got kind of tired of pursuing G1 stuff that much. Uh, so I never had one as a kid. I only had Blot as a kid. Which is not exciting. <laughs> it is to some, to I'm sure. Uh, Blot with no weapon as a kid, spending a good number of years not even knowing he's part of a combiner because I didn't have any of the other ones, just made him a very confusing toy from a flea market. Um, I wonder why his head folds how down. Is th- oh, well. Yeah, I was like, well, uh, this doesn't seem relevant. It's weird. Oh, the toys are weird. Uh, how <laughs> How is the white plastic on him? Because he's got a bunch of that. Um a lot of it's off-white, but nothing's yellowed on him. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah. He lo- he, he looks he looks nice to me. Uh, so, uh, ba- based on based on that, he came home. Uh, yeah, just he makes for a really nice display piece in the G1 collection. I don't have like many G1 combiners, so if I get a chance to own one, fairly reasonable price, I will I will snag it. I think he was like. I, I want to say I want to say he was like one ten, which I, oh that's not bad at all for an abominus. Yeah, yeah, like miss, missing gun, missing like the small guns, but again, like that's inconsequential to me. Like the stuff I care about's all there, so that's not bad. Yeah, like uh, yeah, missing the small guns and like not in you know ramshackle condition. One ten seems fine to me with my you know distant knowledge of that kind of aftermarket stuff. Like I, I would, I would always assume like a, a fairly minty missing most guns abominus would be like one fifty ish, and then each of those guns adds like twenty or thirty bucks because they're tiny. Mm-hmm. You know the the general G one accessory logic: the smaller the gun, the more it's worth. Right. Um, that always makes it really painful when you do want to try to track down friggin' like oh I'm gonna find all the missing orange bits for this G one Scorponok over several years purchasing every single one just feeling terrible like yeah i'll pay 25 dollars for this <laughs> for this arm for the base <laughs> mode <laughs> uh well congrats on abominus um and yeah especially if there is a computron to threaten uh then that's you know match made in heaven uh well, I, my my last legacy piece will be skids and i'm gonna say this because i've dunked on skids a whole lot uh, I like Legacy Skids a lot. Uh, part of it is I figured out how he transforms. It's not the instructions. There is a very different order of operations, I think, to get his car mode to actually tab together. Uh, because the the roof, it's very easy for that roof to not tab in. And then I found out the way to do it, and it's worked for me a hundred percent of the time, is, uh... You get the roof in position and and tab it into those tabs on the backs of his legs before you fold his legs down at the knees. 
so you lock that in, then fold the legs down. And that, for me, has worked 100% of the time. Uh, but Skids is very much a character who looks like he should be the, the, the most phone, phone it in, I succeed for showing up kind of character. Uh, but his transformation, once I ignored the instructions, uh, is very fast and fun uh, to form like a goofy little shape. Um, I agree with a point that you guys had raised uh, that I recall, which is it would have been very nice if his shoulders had a really solid, soft detent point to sort of lock into, because he is very much, like, constantly asymmetrically shrugging his shoulders around, um, if I'm not, like, paying attention. Uh, those joints, though, let him do some pretty dang cool poses, uh, since he's mm -hmm. got shrugger joints. Um, and... Uh, the the whole figure just feels interesting because the it's it's taking the idea of this guy has to turn into a, a shoe car and then like uh making the placement of joints so efficient I I kind of dug it because um, like his knees are transformation hinges but I don't think they suffer at all because he's got those black panels sticking up over the front they almost like worked revealing tech detail in when you bend the knees really far like it, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, especially for, like, a guy who ostensibly is there to finish up a bunch of Earthrise toys, for lack of, you know, better better terms. A bunch of Earthrise and Kingdom toys. Um, so, I, I, yeah, pleasantly surprised by Skids. I, uh, I'm curious if they're gonna do any of the, uh, the known, uh, multiversal redecos on him. But, uh, I, I was really expecting him to be a snoozer, kind of like, well, this guy is here. And I, I, I had a lot of fun with him. Um... I wish that the pegs and ports on his weapons were both a little more plentiful and a little bit more, uh, I guess, of variety. Because he's like a peg or a port away from combining uh, RC's Energon weapons to just form a sick axe. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I, I just feel like there's like a missing keystone in there, which, like, everyone's coming with an Energon weapon. And I, I don't have drag strip or kickback, so, like, I'm sure, like, you know, maybe even amongst them, if not going into Wave 2, like, there's going to be stuff that will fix that up. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, except it'll be the surprised. wrong color of blue. Like, RC oh, okay. and, and, and Skids, their blues are close, but not exactly the same. No, it'll be, like, a, a very greeny blue, and it'll just be, like, not like, oh, these are kind of shades of the same. It's like, no, that's an entirely different, like half a drop of more in the entire batch and that would be a like a a green straight up what are you doing to me you silly little energon stars you it's a it's an implied shimmer <laughs> of different pieces coming together uh but yeah just in general uh three entries from legacy uh they landed very solid for me um so far and uh, i'm looking forward to messing with some more uh and I, I mean, I will be. That's the toy line this year. So whether I like it or not, but uh, especially given that, like, like one of these was what I was expecting to be like the weakest deluxe in the whole wave. Um, uh, you know, skids, skids is all right. Uh, yeah. Not exciting, but pleasant. Um, so uh, TJ, I'll pass the ball back over to you for uh, for one more here. Uh, let's say the alligator Megatron. It's the other one I actually feel confident talking about because I haven't messed with some of the others just yet is that the original alligator megatron yes it is nice. oh Which wait the, yeah they never did a titan's return one that was a Grimlockimus special that i got all right yeah you're right <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> lots of stuff uh, blurring together kinda, up there kind of sorta 
with the the you could get the head that matched the, yeah. the alligator body. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. If someone <laughs> actually was gonna come and say, "Well, that's the alligator," then I'd be like, "All right, so I guess we're we're just assuming TJ bought a head from a Japanese exclusive two pack." <laughs> right. Um. Well, that yeah, that's that was I I got that two pack when it was new back then too, so I can confirm that that flip changer felt like uh, probably how he feels now. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I, well, as a Floridian, I feel obligated, right? But also, just mm-hmm. I never I skipped that. I I have very distinct memory of like walking through a Walmart and just seeing like an end cap full of them, and I didn't even remember it being like close to the end of Beast Mach- Beast Wars. Uh, like like it felt like it's something that I just like filled the shelf with. Out of out of like some random warehouse, and thinking to myself, I should absolutely pick that up, and I didn't, and oh boy, I feel dumb now. Uh, but no, like I, uh, I have half the set now. It's he's a nice little flip changer. Like especially yeah. especially now that we have like all the backstory behind that particular one, and like the Happy Meal toys that kind of went in with it, and. He's supposed to be a like a like a sea turtle at some point, and then got turned into an alligator. There's history to it that's weird now. So it it, yeah, it was yeah. more fascinating to me, and it was fun. Like the the store I bought him in is one of those like super dense toy shops where there's barely any room to work to look around, uh, and just mm-hmm. like you you have to just like peek over things in order to find things underneath things, that kind of place. Uh, he was buried in this, like, little, like, what looked like a bakery case where you would normally <laughs> expect to find little cookies. Instead, here, there was, like, little McDonald's toys that, for some reason, were, like, sequestered away in a plastic box. And he's just, like, sitting just in the middle, just waiting for someone to notice him. I, I'm amazed that he was in a pile and that the top half of his gator head was still attached. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't really in a pile. He was sitting on his own, but he was buried amongst these, like, multiple layers of just... I, th- I think just, like, a couple random mini-cons, a few McDonald's toys, and then, like, he's, like, in the middle shelf. Like, yeah, because the, the top half of that gator head, I can tell you from experience of owning it since I was a kid and having him go through many different bins, that thing likes to abandon ship the moment there's a bunch of, of tumbling involved. Uh, oh, that's good to know. Sometimes for years at a time. Yeah, that that thing likes to pop off if uh, if you give it a chance. Well, I won't then. But yeah, it's, it, precisely. You don't you don't let it go. You put a muzzle on him. <laughs> Just put a rubber band around that mouth. Uh, it's Steve Irwin, this this little toy. That's right. Um, if I remember correctly, he's also I'm just going to another childhood memory. I always remember thinking, "Man, this guy is cool." But then, uh, Iguanus is very much like him, and I always felt like Iguanus ended up with like a slightly cooler looking robot mode because of the color scheme. So I was always very much like, "Ah, Gator Megatron." second fiddle to Iguanus, the coolest Beast Wars character. Because I spent, you know, also a long time not knowing there was going to be a cartoon. Um, and I missed a lot of the cartoon because in Canada it didn't have the right name. So <laughs> I spent a long time, like, with, with a, a big-ass headcanon of Iguanus being, like, this this super badass operator. And then he wasn't even in the show. So, you know, what do I know? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but, this, uh, is, this just the makes fight, it more I, special uh, that he got a Transmetal 2 out of nowhere. Yeah, there there was that. That's also why I really liked his Transmetal 2 as well. Because I was like, alright, the coolest guy, he got a body upgrade. Uh, I uh, I wish you good fortunes in coming across a Bat Primal somehow, somewhere, someday. Yeah, I, I actually, like, said trip to Orlando, that toy shop, there were a couple Bat Primals that I passed on because the hinges for their ankles... Uh, weren't hinges anymore because they held absolutely nothing. Oh, they were just mush. Yeah, yeah. They, they were just they were uh they were teeter totters is what they were. Nothing holding them. Just ah. You know, you know what would be great to see amidst all these Beast Wars reissues, honestly, and not just for any kind of like you know making it easy for people to get certain toys. I think they're iconic. The the friggin' the Primal Megatron two pack. Like maybe the flip changer mm-hmm. stuff is I would I no I would have said oh the flip changer stuff might be hard to do nowadays they did friggin' Scorponok with his bonkers ass tail They've done rat trap that's a flip changer yeah they did rat trap yeah so that two pack friggin' just do, like rock bubble uh because th- those are just two very cool flip changer toys that on their own kind of represent a lot of the flip changer um environment of Beast Wars. So, well worth it, in my opinion, to get those things back out there on the market. Um, could even do a black recolor. You could do the Men in Black versions of them to finally put the you know close the book on that as well. You know, friggin' uh, <laughs> how many decades later, just like th- throw a pebble at, at Dennis Barger's forehead <laughs> from afar or something. Uh, that's some old 1994, 95 drama. I can't remember what the whole thing was anymore. I was a child then, but you can look it up. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say let's, uh, let's, let's cap our acquisitions inquisitions, uh, there. Cause we got a little bit of, uh, of toy reveal news that I think would be kind of fun to take a little skip and hop through mostly because one of them's a helicopter. Um, I do want to mention quickly, there was also a big, uh, you know, you know not a big, a normal Hasbro Q and a. Um, which I got to take part in on a Zoom call. Uh, there were lots of notes taken. Um, a lot of the notes are good. I think a lot of the notes across a lot of the ones I read do leave some very minor, but I think kind of key bits of context and granular detail out. Uh, so I did a, I did a, a YouTube stream that day on 420 to, uh, read through my own notes. I would have I was going to paste my notes into Twitter, but my notes don't make a lot of sense without me verbally giving context, so I didn't. But that does mean I confined the thing to an audiobook reading stream, basically. But there was lots of really cool tidbits in there. Um, and uh, a lot of similar tidbits can be found on those Instagram accounts that they are running. They are really worth checking through, especially the comment sections. Um, you know, kind of weird comments about Weijang aside. Um but uh, one of the things that uh, that didn't get revealed for that Q&A stream in North America is brought up at the start of the stream that it was an Asia uh, exclusive um reveal first that we now have the full reveal for is movie masterpiece blackout uh or as i called it in the topic list look Aaron a helicopter so mm-hmm. um i guess just to start off Aaron have you pre-ordered yet i haven't uh, i i then... will be getting it though because yes it's a uh, did you? It's one. It's one of my helicopters. 
did you go on I'm actually no you because you said you haven't really got Instagram lined up um Sam on Instagram has mentioned that I I he did a bunch of posts about blackout I'm gonna dig up some tidbits that I think are basically made for you but uh among the other one of those tidbits relates to one of the pieces of ad copy which is that movie masterpiece blackout has like over 200 decos like spot decos uh mm-hmm. I need to go find that Instagram post because basically they went for super accuracy where they could on that helicopter mode, even though the size scaling of movie masterpiece as confirmed in one of those Instagram posts, the size scaling for movie masterpiece is robot mode centric. Uh, the, uh, there is a, a, you know, triple side by side of the three MPM Decepticons and it still looks pretty dang cool. Um, but there, there is, Oh boy, there are even more. He has more, blackout posts i hadn't even seen yet sam smith seems to be very excited about blackout. he's he has nine blackout posts okay that's that's i only saw three of these uh so i'll just say go go check their instagrams um go check uh king samlock for the blackout stuff um where he's also been answering questions in the comments he even answered one about third-party stuff, and I don't know what the question was, because whoever wrote the question, I think, deleted it afterwards? Or or Instagram did a weird thing where they organized it strangely, where I couldn't find what he was responding to. Um, but uh, they were going for supreme accuracy on this. Um, and so I'm going to defer now to Aaron say, to say, Aaron, what is your take on Movie Masterpiece Blackout? Uh... So I've looked at the the photos that are on TFW. Um, I've only just clicked on the link to go over to Instagram to look at some of that. Um, but I'll give, I, the, I'll give you the turnaround. Looks looks gorgeous. Um, let's click the turnaround. Ooh, this is just this is just the helicopter mode hey, CAD spinning. Sexy. Shh, 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 shh. We're having a moment. That is. <laughs> That is pert sexy. I mean, you can definitely see the the decos um, across it. You know, there's some uh, some art around the the turbines that are there. Uh, things that I think had totally been passed on before. Um, and and actually, between looking at the the uh, front of the cockpit and then his chest, he has a fake cockpit chest. Um, there's different hardware there. There's different decos there. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, but yeah, this looks gorgeous. Um, I mean, it goes back to, I know, I remember talking to at one point in time, somebody that said that basically they got, uh, the OML, uh, it's the outside mold line, um, of, from Sikorsky uh in in designing it and they tried in earlier versions to work as much to that as they could um within the realm of it being a transforming robot toy so yeah uh i mean it's i i I like seeing it because i mean this is this is very job adjacent for me um I mean, so. it is based on a licensed Sikorsky MH-53 Pavlo helicopter USAF Pave. Reg 4500X. Pavlo. Yes. I always think Pavlov. That's why I say that, I think. No. Nope. Um, Pavlo. 21 and a half inches long in alt mode. Uh, and just from the Instagram post, it's like, uh, 
what was it? Uh, just li- he was listing off some of some of the um, the deco here. Latch release, no step, pilot markings, lighting, and engine pinstriping. Uh, mm-hmm. They were sifting through thousands of Maya texture files and applying them to this helicopter. That's the other thing that's bonkers to me about Studio Series and MPM is that this is like, in some cases, decades later, <laughs> near decades yeah. later. Uh, the first yeah, so time, it, so if they're that, working with Maya files. That's coming from the studio. That's not coming from Sikorsky. We don't use Maya. Yeah, yeah. But, but but what I mean is like this is this is um a a connection of the toy makers working with the ILM files for the first time in some cases. Some of these cases being from 2007, where it's the first time that they're kind of laying actual hands on the ILM files for the sake of toy making. Uh, which is bonkers to me because it's also given us our first look at some ILM robot models. Like I went on, I've gone on about Jolt many times. That Sam Smith's Instagram account is the first good look we have ever had at Jolt from the actual movie. That movie model. Uh, but yeah, there's there's plenty of blackout stuff here. Um, and I, I, you know, obviously, Aaron, you you will be buying this. Uh, you know, pretty much can say that because <laughs> it's very relevant yeah. to you. Um, so I'm going to bop over here. TJ, uh, what's your take on MPM blackout and all of his, uh, his, his fiddly bits, his effect parts, his gut cannons, his, I think he comes with two different, uh, propellers to mount on his hand, depending if you want to look all, all alien weapon or not. Um, uh, when, uh, when I'm looking at this, like blackout is one of those designs where, I feel like I'm less interested with the more accurate it gets. Like there's something like really weird about the robot mode shapes that I've never really been into. Like, like especially like how low the shoulders sit, which looks really weird on him. Oh yeah. Well also like blackouts natural posture means his arms look utterly demented. Uh, Mm -hmm. but but the uncanny Valley layout thing is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like elbows aren't supposed to look like that. But then the the one of the things about the MPM that's kind of exciting, you know, I guess over the Studio Series to a degree is that apparently they are like butt loading him with articulation, and it's like the first thing you can even see it in some of Sam Smith's posts when he got the Paint Master. It's like the first thing you do is bend the elbows to look normal, <laughs> uh, so they're just bending forward like a normal human arm. So it's kind of like you can force humanity on this toy. But yeah, and these CAD models, especially the 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 side by sides with the ILM model, it's the ILM model where it's like, what did you do that informed this weird pose? <laughs> like, uh, I'll link one. This is the ILM standing like mugshot pose on the left. Like, and like, look look at what you had to work with to mm-hmm. turn into it. Makes you really respect the work that went into the 2007 version. Like, holy crap. <laughs> I, I forgot how screwed up Blackout looks when he's not moving. Uh, what a freaking weirdo. <laughs> like, on a design standpoint, I think it is a phenomenal job. Like, a genuine, like, masterpiece level of just awe that, of what they accomplished. Not only, like, how accurate it is to the movie in the robot mode, but just, like, being able to work that in and then having a completely covered vehicle mode underside and all. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's a huge step. That's a huge plus for the design on this. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I I recall some of the initial discussion, even like the the discussion where it's like I can see how you arrived at this if you have not like stared at how these are made for too long. But like, I saw one of the first posts being like, "Oh, they just upscaled the studio series and added the underflap thing from the 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 knockoff version that this company did." And I was like, "I was like, I bet you they didn't," but I I can totally see how you would arrive at that conclusion. <laughs> uh. I was just going to share one more of these posts, like the, the natural lighting photos with the other MPM Decepticons, uh, partly because, like, also te- check out Blackout looking more like a humanoid in those photos. Uh, but uh, also to highlight, like, some of the information these Instagram posts give us is like, what was it here? To quote, quote, to, uh, I wanted to help clarify some of the discrepancies. Paint masters are generated using grown parts prior to tool start, so they don't account for base or molded colors. They are entirely painted versus in production, where you can see parts molded in their intended color, uh, with paint and decoration placed on top of them. So it's like explaining, like, because I'm assuming there were some comments of like, oh, that, like, is that piece going to be that color on the finished one, or how did you do that? And it's like, well, this is completely painted top to bottom. Um, but, uh, this is, it's, it's amazing getting this level of just like transparent information on friggin' Instagram. But, uh, yeah, I think this blackout looks really cool. Uh, and also I think the MPM Decepticons have been home runs so far. I really like Megatron and Starscream. Granted, I also got them for cheap is partly why I like them. So I really like this blackout. I am going to endeavor to not pay full price for it, but I still want it because I got the other ones. Uh, and I think we're just short, we're just short brawl now, right? Just pretending frenzies and accessories somewhere in the middle. They, I don't. They haven't. Uh, they haven't done Bone Crusher, have they? Oh right, right. I, I was thinking of oh, the third right, party yeah. Bone Crusher. Uh, that that one I would. Boy, that one I might actually be down for. I would love to see MPM take a swing at Bone Crusher because, like, like he's difficult. Like I have, I forgot the company's name. Even they only made one toy, and it was this MPM style Bone Crusher, and they spent like three years working on it. Because he doesn't make sense. Uh, so I, yeah, I would love to see a Has- uh, Hasbro Takarotomi MPM Bone Crusher. I think that I think they're going to try to finish the movie One Decepticons, which I, I would love. I think it's going to take another four years, though. I'm just going to say now, because now they've got to do Brawl and Bone Crusher. And I don't think either of them are easy. I think Brawl is more logical, but he's also large. So... We'll see, but, uh, you know, I'll just say it one more time, hit, hit up Mark and Sam and Evan's Instagram accounts. You will see plenty of cool stuff. We're going to actually be citing some more of that as we, I want to talk about a couple other things that were revealed, not in as much detail as, as blackout because blackout is, is very much, you know, worth, uh, worth the extra discussion. Um, there, there's just a lot going on with them. Uh, but, uh, we also, uh, got a, uh, famous cult classic fan favorite character got revealed recently. Uh, Autobot Target's Red Cog, um, has been revealed as, uh, also this year's figure that comes with a bunch of extra accessory bits figure. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Cog, but Red from famous Red Cog's famous scenes in the Netflix show, uh, or shows, um, so the actually interesting part to just nag Red Cog really hard is all the accessories Cog is coming with are basically a whole bunch of 
weapon accessory models that were seen in Prime and the Netflix series. Uh, so, you know, stuff like stuff like um, Prime Wheeljack's bombs, which also appeared in the Netflix series uh, at one point because it was the same studio, if I recall correctly. Uh, the really interesting parts here, though, are... Um, like where all of, like every single one of these weapons comes from somewhere. The big pink cannons are also canisters from the Netflix show. Uh, there is a gun that is also shaped to plug into the back of Earthrise Kingdom RC to provide a mounting trans translation hardware point so that she can actually use COGS double blaster weaponizer mode like in the Netflix show, because famously she can't, even though it happened yeah. in, the, in the Netflix show. Uh, so one of the accessories is a translator piece to allow that to actually happen. Um, there was one other thing that was highlighted that I, oh, I gotta go find it. But, uh, you know, Red Cog, I think it's also, it is actually hilarious that his name on the package is Red Cog. It's just like, (laughs) there's, it's like, you know, what's, what is the point of subtlety when no one wants it? is the way I, I, mm-hmm. I word that. Um, no one wants him to have a clever name, in my opinion. Everyone wants him to just be Red Cog, and I'm really glad that they 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 kissed it. They kept it simple, stupid. Um, okay, yeah, I found it. Here's one of the Instagram posts that just shows screen caps. So, technically, all of these extra bits are from the Netflix show, but the bombs also were seen in Prime. So there is, uh, there's Ratchet's uh, medical, medical tool, um, there are the bombs, there are the Energon things, there's Alita's sniper rifle, um, I believe there's more in another post, like the pink rods, uh, were one thing. They also, in that, in the other post I'm thinking of, they mentioned, uh, you know, check legacy toys for paper envelopes, because that's, you know, the plastic-free way that they're getting extra bits to be stuck in the back of the package. Uh, it's like under the double tray, um, don't throw out the tissue paper. Um, I have definitely done a lot more shaking of legacy boxes. Yes. Uh, also, it's worth like it came up on the Hasbro Q and A that that uh, people what uh, which who is the basketball player who everyone was stealing the head from? LeBron uh, James from the speed. Yeah, LeBron James. Yeah, uh, it was brought up on the Hasbro stream that like the sil- like Buzzworthy Silver Streaks were getting LeBron Jamesed. Uh, so it, folks have been made aware of that. Um, I don't think that's going to be a problem for Cog because I don't think people. Oh no, I was just looking. They looped they looped the green twist tie through his fist so you can't steal his arms. So uh he's safe. Um but yeah, Red Cog is a is a bunch of fan service accessories for uh the War for Cybertron trilogy and the Netflix show. One little thing I'll say is it's <laughs> I I don't have fan service needs for that show, but I'm glad that the stuff still exists. I think it is really clever stuff. Uh, Aaron, uh, do you got a red cog in your future? I I might if I actually see it at Target. Um, unfortunately, it seems like my local Target has had lower um odds of having anything that's not buzzworthy ever show up. Like the the yeah. I guess the 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 Galaxies Beyond or whatever Universes Beyond set never showed up, even though that was kind of buzzworthy in that yellow and black packaging. Any of the like special stuff frequently doesn't show up um at my local target but like if this was on the shelf and the same twenty dollars as any other legacy thing is eh, i think cog's not a bad toy in and of itself red cog i mean he's from the cogman family obviously um 
and and having a bunch of extra weapons accessories um is never a bad thing like it it might be depends on how the the day hits me and the the fancies are tickled hmm yeah if i if i just find one i might get tempted cuz i do i do really like mm-hmm. cog uh like but I, I don't think i'm going to order it online um mm-hmm. i'm not going to go like specifically hunting for it but i think if it were to like be there on hand and i could like take a look at it and really kind of make one of those style decisions i think there's a lot higher odds of it coming home yeah i have heard i have heard, we don't have target up here anymore i i have heard uh, a lot of scuttlebutt of people reacting to target exclusives of like well i hope i ever see one so it sounds like mm-hmm. your situation is not uncommon um mm-hmm. TJ, have you got any uh, any any feelings towards Red Cog? Um, not especially. I do like the the extra weaponed weaponizers. Like, I do like having those mm. big accessory packs. Um, I guess if I had Grand Maximus, this would be more appealing. Um, someone mentioned that on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Why are they mm. gonna are they gonna reissue friggin' LG Grand Max?" <laughs> You never know. Could happen. I just like the idea that like that was like a like made to order like pre- like pre order like limited thing, and then they come do this, which is going to be Target yeah. exclusive in America. So you're most likely, most likely, if you have like that Grand Maximus, you're all you're in Japan. This is going to be a pain. Yeah. Yeah. I. I... I want, I hope that out there there are like the handful of people for whom the Grand Max connection is like this is closing a book for you, but I, I think I think for most people it's just going to be like all right it's Red Cog and all his bits and it's, there's also going to be I'm purchasing this because I hope that they make Comms Officer, which is the Yellow Cog. Uh, I've seen some confusion here and there about whether this was Comms Officer. It was not. The Red Cogs were the red shirts in the show. It's very important. It's gonna go back. It's gonna go back um, to a. Bl- it's gonna go back to a blue ramble thing where everyone's just going nuts because that one color is hard to find. That's right. Uh, well, com- comms officer had lines and 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 was comms officer. I think that some people may have even come up with a fun name for him. I just can't remember if it was just comms officer. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that is the tale of Red Cog. Um, we also had some some other stuff pop out on Transformers Tuesday, uh, a couple studio series things and a couple uh, buzzworthy beast things. So the beasts, uh, it's the official reveal of uh, toy version Dinobot and toy version Terrorsaur. For some of us, this is the only way we get to have Terrorsaur. So I'm looking forward to that one because I never got one from Amazon. Um, I do actually like Terrorsaur's toy colors more. Aside from the the beast mode having like just a red mouth, so you know, paint the beak yellow, and we have what I would call the superior pterosaur. I just like the toy colors way more. Um, I think that the purple spots are just make them they, they pop really hard. So I, I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I think that uh, Dinobot uh, is definitely thematic because you know if uh, it, you know it looks like raw chicken. And that's relevant because raptors are poultry in a very distant kind of way. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if if you were to pluck all the feathers from a velociraptor, then you would get this. And that's that's I don't know how to explain the orange parts. That's just beyond me. Um, I'm just hoping we don't have to talk about those. 
but uh something very weird about looks, his aesthetic he looks like he's made of human skin and not not like he has human skin but like he's a bunch of collected human skin that's where all the wrinkles are coming from um i'm not going to like go out of my way to spend money on it but i think it is funny and neat and i am happy it exists uh I'm going to spend money on Terrorsaur if I get the chance. The, bu- the bummer about Buzzworthy is in Canada, those go to Toys R Us who went insane. Uh, and so a Buzzworthy uh, Deluxe is like somewhere in the vicinity of like 40 bucks now, um, which is no good. But uh, TJ, how are you feeling about the uh, these Buzzworthy Toy Beast toys? Uh, the Terrorsaur is definitely fun. Like, I do... I my My heart... Like my like my heart is with the original, and the car the cartoon accurate. My mind definitely sees like yeah the, the purple and the red definitely do it for me a lot better. Like, I do think this is the better looking deco. Mm. Um, I can't say that for Dinobot, unfortunately. Um, Dinobot to me looks like he he looks like a pro wrestler with a hairy chest. <laughs> I I really want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, now I'm seeing the Zangief. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got nipples. Oh uh, yeah. He's got bright yeah. yellow nipples. I, what I was gonna say, what I was gonna say is, I am curious if that fleshy color is one that just looks different in person because it gives me that vibe. You hope uh, so, right? Oh. Uh. But also, like, it's, you know what? Like I said, raw chicken, very relevant Velociraptor color, so I can't fault it. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, okay, here's my weird problem. I actually don't really like that head on him, because the head just looks like Grimlock. Uh, mm-hmm. And they made Grimlock, so this just looks like a weird Grimlock repaint to me. <laughs> it is a weird Grimlock repaint. Like, like, look at like, guess, look at yeah. the, look at look at the neck. Look at the neck on that thing with all the ridges still in that fleshy color. It looks like it looks like the back of your dad's elbow. Well, you know, like I said, when you when you just force pluck all the feathers off of a off of a, an end feathered velociraptor, you get this result. So it's like a happy medium for <laughs> dinosaur accuracy, toy accuracy, uh, um, minor body horror. Right? Because you're just looking at plucked skin. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like the dino wrinkles look super weird in a flesh tone. Because they yeah, they just look like... Mm-hmm. They look like old used skin. Uh, like it got peeled and then put back on really quickly. Um, that's gross. Uh... <laughs> hey, Aaron, how you feeling about just got these, out uh... of the bathtub. No, though. If he got out of the bathtub, he'd be redder. It's the part because the lack of red is what makes us all look like. No, this is like this is like preserved flesh that should yeah, be this, dead, this but like, it's this is like skin on chicken breast. Yeah, yeah. It's it's raw chicken. Is the color? It's like perfect mm. almost in these photos. Uh, yeah, ter- pterosaur <laughs> looks good. Um, you know, I. You know, these are definitely the the toy versions, and Pterosaur did well with a toy version, and Dinobot did not so much. Yeah, also classically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, because, like, also, 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 like, the orange parts, right? Like, they're accurate. They add color separation in the bot mode. But all, it's just weird. It's just weird. And also, yeah, now now TJ mentioned the Proressor look, and the, the chest hair is right there, and, like, it's just loud and clear. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's talk about the, the, the Studio Series stuff as well. Uh, so there's a Thundercracker, which, you know, means, okay, we're doing it. But it's a, it's a seeker mold, so we're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good blue, and I am really uh, interested in the use of the lighter gray in the alt mode because it is so intentionally placed that I have to assume that's from the ILM model. Because that stuff on the top of the jet mode uh, is the stuff that just disappears in the robot mode, so it's not for any reason. Like, if you look at his robot mode, that light gray plastic barely appears, so I feel like that hue exists in service of screen accuracy. Mm-hmm. And that also seems very likely, just, you know, there's paint apps on the wings that match it, and and we never got a good look at it, so the, you know, I, I kind of defer to the ILM models when stuff is odd color-wise like that. Um, the the exciting thing that was revealed, not to denigrate Thundercracker too much, is uh, Age of Extinction Galvatron, my boy, um, who is... Uh, debatable in his appearance. I think he's fine. However, I do not disagree that he loses a lot of the voluminous nature of that Galvatron, and his arms are very thin. Uh, This is because they decided to go for having all of his body parts transform, as opposed to the really... like, Like, the original Voyager toy got across the voluminous look because it did one of the best versions of shell forming into a backpack that have, has ever been executed. It's really clean, really cleverly done. Uh, this one's going for full body transformation, and it looks like it's an intense, neat transformation. Uh, to me, the main thing lost is the insides of his legs being the truck panels. It sticks out to me like a sore thumb. Uh, everything else yeah. works. Those big flat panels super stick out. Uh, obviously you won't notice them if you have them like not flashing them forward, like in the posed photo, but, uh, yeah. that is, that is definitely that is, a sacrifice. That is an awkward pose photo that like, I had to sit there and go like, okay, well he's the next number after the, after Thundercracker. So like that's a Voyager size and that, okay. Cause that like, between both of those modes, it's like this could be a cheap deluxe that's just kind of weird and awkward, but like that super spread open leg like makes it look like his torso is just a block. Like, is this just a slightly poseable one of those like vinyl toys? Or is this like a full function, full feature transformer? So, uh, while we were podcasting, Sam Smith on Instagram did two posts about this Galvatron, or three posts about this Galvatron. I've shared the robot turnaround. Uh, The robot turnaround looks way better than the posed photo, and also reveals that they did accurate back detail, which makes me like this a whole lot more, because a lot of people forget that he has a hole running through his body, basically. So they got the back of the hole on the back of his back. Um... It it does kind of okay. highlight the the weird flatness of the inside of his legs, but they really tried. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's also why I'm kind of endeared to this toy because making this Galvatron actually transform is in the realm of high end third party toys. It is a right. very difficult prospect to approach. 
uh, I think, on a normal Voyager toy. In the main post, I'm just going to bring it up because he credits the Takaratomi designer uh, who worked on this, so I can give us a name drop. Um, this was by uh, Yuya... This is Yuya-san. Yuya Onishi uh, worked on this one. Um and uh, it mentions that this was the substantial, pretty substantial job of eliminating most of the exposed vehicle paneling from the robot mode while retaining a fully licensed vehicle design. Uh, so they pulled off the arm cannon, which has a removable missile cluster that can be mounted on his arm or put on the side of the truck like in the film. That's good to know. Um, and there's a bit about the deco being very silver. Uh, and there's more below in the captions, uh, mostly about like tackling a lot of challenges with Age of Extinction. Um just again, I don't mean to keep doing this. I'm not like a page shill piece person, but I just want to mention someone commented, I don't like how blocky the, the body looks and how flat he is. Sam replies saying, totally valid. Hope we can win you over with another toy. And then the person says, you're welcome. Thanks for being amazing with these posts. So like the Hasbro folks are just perfectly kind and happy to go like, hey, mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, I just, I really like that. So, um, I am going to pick this up because I am, I am, uh, very much a, an AOE Galvatron appreciator has entered the chat kind of person. Um, I bought the unique toys version even. So I'm, I'm after this. Aaron, uh, I generally, I'm assuming you guys don't like this Galvatron that much, mostly because this Galvatron is friggin' weird already on a base level. So purchasing like a Voyager price toy of it is probably a big ask. Aaron, I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're this spectating is one this one. That I, I, I think it really have to be. I, 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 my opinion could probably be heavily changed by seeing it in hand. Hmm. Um, but like I said, seeing the turnarounds, I from that I feel better about it. But the the one the the initial like, you know, photography, like the the promo photography of it, just. It's an awkward pose. It's one of those poses where it's like every joint has to be doing something rather than being a good pose, I think, is what made made it kind of go ugh, too. Um, hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely something that seeing other people with it in hand, that turnaround makes it look better than it did because it gives more of an idea of dimension dimension dimensionality, dimensionality, what it looked like. Um so I'm writing a fence more towards the not, but could easily fall towards the yes. Okay. I'm just pulling out of the Instagram because this is buried in one of his posts. Here's a friggin' again. You just want to have some fun with this stuff. Here's the Takarotomi block oh, yeah. model split with the detail model for this toy. We never get to see the block models. So there is just a block model for a complicated toy. If you ever wanted to see what that looks like, uh, you'll find that on Sam Smith's Instagram. Um, uh, TJ, I predict I predict that you are probably spectating this toy with even more confidence than Aaron possibly has disproven me on. Uh, most likely, yeah. Galvatron is not a character that really endeared himself to me, movie-wise. Uh, mostly because he wasn't Galvatron. Uh, but for the most part, like I, mm. I can admit, like at a retail level, it's a very impressive engineering job to make this actually work. Just the fact, like there is, like there is a you know there is a boxy truck that turns into a you know competent version of uh, Age of Extinction Galvatron. It is an impressive job. Um, I do see where there's a lot of like I don't like how flat his chest looks. Like that's a little bit weird because yeah, it's just kind of like one. a 
yeah, because he he's just kind of like uh, like sandwich stacked panels to create that torso. Um, mm-hmm. like I don't know, like it's it's doing a commendable job, and maybe like if if I hear like the transformation on this thing is insane, I might be curious, but that would probably be the extent of it. Yeah. Well, what if, because he does turn into a licensed Freightliner Argosy, which mm-hmm. appeared in another film in the last couple of years, uh, most most successful film of the uh, of 2020, in fact. Uh, what do you guys think about, about potentially having him uh, done up as Crossover's Dr. Robotnik from the live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Because his alt mode was Dr. Robotnik's truck in that movie. So there's a through line. It's... Yeah, there there are things that you can share with the world. You didn't need to share that one. <laughs> you, can you, you can you see the mustache applied to him? You, I can. You don't, you don't need you don't need to share yeah. every thought you have. I'm not. This was out of Sam Smith's Instagram account. He, I mean, he didn't he didn't present the crossovers no. idea, but he he mentioned the Doctor Robotnik Sonic movie connection. Okay. You don't so, have to mention everything. Sourced you, from you can... Hasbro's word of God itself. Uh... <laughs> Goes from word of I mouth to word funny. of God. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's it's the company that makes the toys, right? So it is, you know, technically, these toys are intelligently designed by humans. Uh, I would like to see that. I mean, actually, I would rather see a different crossover because I don't. I don't want the crossover to be Doctor Robotnik. I'd want this to be, actually be an original. I want this to be like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, my brain was just smashing Robotnik and Megatron portmanteau style together in like 50 different ways. And I can't share any of them because they're gibberish, but they make me laugh. <laughs> so I'll leave that to the listener to figure out. Um, but uh, th- those were a bunch of reveals uh, that that happened for Transformers Tuesday, which I didn't really know was a thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until it was over. I-, I was sitting there going like, is a bunch of stuff leaking? That this doesn't look like leak photos, and then amidst all this, by the way, Studio Series Sideways basically got leaked and and uh, YouTubed by one of the usual suspects. Uh, you know, so he, he's he, he's floating around out there too. His he he is also. Uh, did you guys see any of the photos of him? Uh, yeah, because because yeah, that is that much like Jolt. That is very much an uncanny valley of. I've always thought that the Revenge of the Fallen Deluxe is what he looks like because you can't see him in the movie. So mm-hmm. that's just what he's looked like in my mind's eye. This is accurate to the ILM model, and I'm like, what's up with this weird little gremlin dude with his friggin' head in his chest? <laughs> and, he, and his shoulders make up 60% of his body, and and he's all, he's what a friggin' weirdo. Um <laughs> So, like, you know, once again, the value of Studio Series letting us actually see some of the robot mode models, mostly from Revenge of the Fallen, uh, that we never really got to see. Because, like, he only was in robot mode. He, he even was in a trailer, but he's running and tumbling so fast you can't make him out, even if you frame by frame. So, uh, it's just fascinating. <laughs> yeah, he spent more time cut in half than he did in robot mode. So... The, the the discourse around him reminded me that once upon a time we were going to get a multi-pack of him with three Legends class uh, bike mermaids where his deco had his bisection decoed onto his alt mode. Right, right. That never came out. 
So I'm like, man, studio series, you know what to do. <laughs> Store exclusive. Death of Sideways Sideways. Uh, I haven't watched the YouTube video or anything. I just saw a couple of pictures on Twitter. Um, so I don't have too much else to offer for that. But it, it felt it was worth mentioning because, you know, much like with Jolt, it's our first time seeing his, his robot mode, and, he, and he's weird. Uh, so uh, what I'd like to do is I want to hit a couple of listener questions that we trimmed from our last episode because our last episode was extremely long. And so... I figured uh, these will make this episode a bit long, but they're also just two listener questions. We can deal with this. The first one's from PJ May, who says, Hi, gang. I've been out of the fandom for a couple years now due to a combination of needing quick cash and feeling a little socially awkward about my collecting. I sold off 90% of the collection that I had built up since I was 12, now going on 24. I found myself popping in over the past couple of years listening to the show, watching Thu's and Vangelis' videos to get a general sense of what I missed, and I'm finding that I've started to fall back in love with the franchise because of what it meant to me as a younger guy. My question is, how have you all dealt with quote-unquote judgment or confusion from people outside the hobby. Have you ever had moments where you considered just selling everything and tried finding interest in things that are less niche? Thanks for keeping the show going. Been a listener ever since Dotum and Prime. Uh, been gone for a while, so I'm not sure if this is still a thing, but click? That's always a thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, this question, I think, is actually just, like, an interesting thing to answer in 2022, given that we all are in the general age range of folks who were collecting, f- like, from the 90s through now. Uh, I think that the obvious question is the fact that we're doing this podcast is we dealt with judgment and confusion by not caring and just continuing on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 I'm, I'm going to say, and uh, this is a heads up for Army of Bees to be ready with uh, whatever you've used as the profanity button, but <clears throat> them. Um, yeah, if it's a thing that you enjoy doing, enjoy doing yeah. it. Especially now. Yeah, yeah. If, if somebody wants to judge you for it, you're... You know, you yeah. say you're now going on 24. Um, you know, if if you have a significant other in your life that's like, <laughs> that's childish. Just be like, hey, it's a thing I enjoy doing. It's, you know, so long as you're not like, you know, causing harm to yourself or your financial situations. Um, you know, you, you mentioned needing quick cash, and, you know, being right out of college um, and, you know, not as one myself, but knowing people that have done that and having been in that situation, I understand. But you know, oh yeah, so long as it's so long as it's responsible, like what does it matter? You could be going out and you know getting going out with the boys and getting trashed to the tune of a uh, hundred bucks a night at the bars, and you know that's a different social circle, and that's totally socially acceptable to be spending a lot of money on a thing that has no return. Versus you know if you're you know, buying toys, you know, there's some other value in there, theoretically, if you ever need to get out of it, and it's a thing that you enjoy doing. So if somebody has a hard time with it, like, that's their problem, not yours. Yeah, man. yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about resale like value. I'm thinking about resale value on drunk drink in a, yeah. <laughs> in a fun time over here. Just pardon yeah, me. Yeah, you know. Because I was going to say... Like I, I want to be a brief devil's advocate and say that arguably the experience had while drinking the drink can be seen as returns, but then when you mentioned returns specifically about cashing out, I was like, can you imagine trying to cash out of the beer you drank? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hell, hold on! Blah! 
Here, I'll take a 15%. Hey, we've, we've been to conventions where some of that's happened. But no, I mean, really, really, it's first and foremost, be true to yourself and then find your people. You know, it's been unfortunate that conventions haven't been really a, a significant thing the last couple of years due to a global pandemic. Um, but some of those are starting to come back. If you can go to one of those responsibly and and meet people that if you're also at a toy convention or a Transformers convention or a Comic-Con or something and somebody's going, you collect Transformers, you'd just be like, what are you doing? Like, look at where we are, you weirdo. And then don't associate with that person any longer because you don't need that in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and f- find your people and then them's your people like there you go yeah if you're yeah, if you're uh, if you're oh. old enough to be told if for someone to tell you you shouldn't be playing with toys anymore you're too old for anyone to tell you what to do period mm-hmm. like it's their hang yeah. up not yours it's as simple as that you know yeah i want to i want to briefly mention um just uh, the wording made me think of it um like about find your people and stuff like when it comes to your hobbies like the, the, I, I also I kind of believe this now actually about things far more serious than hobbies but like there's always a purveying feeling of like oh you should surround yourself with people who will challenge you and make you gr- be better but also when it comes to like the stuff where you're having fun you don't have to surround yourself with people who challenge you on what you enjoy doing as your hobbies uh in fact it's healthier in my opinion, mm-hmm. do not surround yourself with people who are going to come at you for your hobbies, uh, because that means they're coming at you. And if it wasn't your hobbies, it was going to be something else. Uh, it's a personality mm-hmm. type thing, in my opinion. Um, but TJ, uh, please continue. I have a longer answer. I, I'm going to go off on a rail on. I think if I start, <laughs> I mean, Aaron covered a good chunk of it, you know, and I could go on <clears throat> similar rants that are going to sound very, very similar. Yeah, it basically it just comes down to. What does their opinion of your hobby do to you unless you let it happen? Like, mm. you know, they're, you know, they can think whatever they want about you. They can say whatever they want. It doesn't change your life at all. It's just someone's opinion. And if they're telling you how you should have fun, there is no such thing as a right opinion in that situation. Yeah, I mean, what, what what I would say is there there is a certain level of it that can be outside of someone's control, how much can, it can affect them. However, it then informs who that person is to you, because kind of, kind of, you know, collating a bunch of our points together, uh, if someone's going to come at you about your hobby uh, in, in, in that kind of way, eventually, especially if it actually bothers you the way they're doing it, and if you tell them, hey, cut it out, that bo- it's, it's actually... Uh, bothering me. It's hurting my mm-hmm. feelings. It's making me not want to hang around you. And if they start giving you crap about that, uh, it's what we call a red flag. Uh, that that person actually might not be a good presence in your life uh, if they just make you feel down. And it's a red flag, which means it's not concrete, but it means that especially if it really, if it makes you question whether you want to continue the hobby or not uh, or pick up, you know, quote to quote, uh, something more that that is less niche, that's when you got to confront that person and say like, Hey, I just want to let you know how you're making me feel. And I want to know how that makes you respond. Cause in my mind, this is a red flag. So is this a problem or is this me misunderstanding you trying to poke some fun and you taking it too far? And, 
someone who's worth being in your life is going to respond to that maturely and they're going to listen hear you out with empathy uh if they if they turn that into another you know incident uh that's them confirming hey that red flag just turned into a big red warning sign that says like get me out of your life uh this is all in my opinion of course on the wider scale like Aaron touched on one thing things that are less niche are not less expensive many of them in fact are more mm-hmm. expensive um mm-hmm. So there's no real personal fulfillment logic to me in trying to go less niche or anything. Um, and also in 2022, we live in a culture dominated, uh, in the West, uh, in the, in the eccentric fandom culture, which is extended to the, the average Joe in many ways, uh, that is dominated by comic book driven film media that is loaded out the ass with Easter eggs that, have gotten to the point of not requiring, but highly encouraging you to have a nigh encyclopedic knowledge of bullet points of multiple films going into something basically to be a big, a big old nerd about Marvel films to go watch the new Marvel film and get everything out of it. The first time you see it. So in, in today's culture, the notion of like, well, you collect transformers is so comical that the person saying it is the outlier by now, but to wrap this into, you know, the times before then, when the culture was more of one, I think that was overarchingly like, oh, you have interests. Uh, when I, in, in, in the late nineties, early aughts, when I was in like high school and we went on a, a band trip, uh, to, uh, Disneyland in LA, uh, while we were in Universal Studios, that was, uh, when the Beast Machines Dinobots were out and I spotted one in a comic shop and I was like, I'm going to pick this up. Uh, and I was very concerned. Uh, and I tried to go off and kind of do it on my own because I was like, this is going to be a thing where everyone on the bus might start asking questions and being uh, a bit weird. And uh, generally, people either didn't say anything or they asked and then we go like, oh, that's neat. You're into Transformers. That's cool. I'm into X, Y, and Z. And this was in like, I think, prime time millennial generation for someone to to get, you know, like, quote unquote, shoved in a locker over that kind of thing. So... Uh-huh. I always remember that experience because it kind of informed me before I even finished high school. Oh, I can have interests. That's cool. Uh, and then going forward from there, it was just a, an ongoing train of like, if someone's going to really question this, then to me, that begs the question of how much they belong in, in the personal experience I am going through. So I hope that that answered your question. And I, and I think that's a question that, easily can come up, especially when you're, you know, as you said, now going on 24, for instance, like that's a point where you start going like, you know, uh, if I'm still into things from when I was a teenager, is that good or bad? And, uh, I think a lot of the media culture around us to this day, despite the whole thing I just described still lays that out as this weird question here and there. Um, you know, you still got movies like, you know, to be a little bit unfair, like the 40-year-old virgin, for instance, floating around uh, begging the question of the toy collector. Although nowadays it's, it's just funny because, like, so many people are hung up on the investor side of things with Funko Pops, especially, that, like, if you really do need to BS it, you can, put like, turn your baseball cap backwards and go, like, I'm an investor, man, and, you know spin a spin a yarn and and tell a big fish story that you can tell to your actual friends later and we'll have a laugh about it um so anyway i hope that answered that question and helped anyone out there who might be feeling a similar kind of thing because i like answering that question because we ended i i way back in the day is the last thing i'll say way back in in like 2000 2001 
I always wondered, will this stigma go away by the time I hit later adulthood? And it turns out it did. So I won. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, our other listener question is from Prime Studio, who says, Hello, uh, my question for you and the team is, has your collecting ever took you in a new direction you didn't see coming? I have recently started restoring G1 boxes for my figures. Now I have all the Dinobots, Wheeljack, Tracks, and Sideswipe reboxed with a little help from Repro Bubbles. Uh, I do not ever plan on selling them, but if I did, it would be noted for sure. I found that I really enjoy restoring the boxes and seeing the completed items. Uh, awesome. Uh, thank you all for, uh, or thank you for all that you do. Um, and they mentioned a PS, and I do want to shout this out. Uh, they got a Twitter, a Twitter project. It's a Twitter account that is a fan project called Transformers Card. It's, it's twitter.com slash Transformers Card. Uh, and I, I've, I've, uh, I've peeked at this a couple times. Uh, and basically, uh, they are taking the old Transformers Milton Bradley trading cards that were just packaging art and tech specs and just, like, doing more of them in the same style uh, after the fact of where that trading card line ended. So, for instance, like, you know, the pin tweet is from is from December 2018. Wow, that was a year. Uh, but it is like, here's, here's a Series 4 card 33 of Trainbot Raiden with Raiden's tech spec on the back. It's the Raiden box art. It's in the style of the Headmaster's box art. Um, so it's a neat project, and it, it is worth shouting at. But, yeah, um, going into directions you didn't see coming, the example here, going into package restoration. Um, I'm making a hand gesture. I feel like it's cheating to say my collecting took me in the direction of doing a podcast since 2008 and also videos since 2008. But it's true. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's a cop-out answer <laughs> or not. Uh... I was I was so, going to say podcast plus the way that this kind of turned into like Wizards of the Coast for a couple of years and how yeah. we ended up in 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 that in that system for a bit um and yeah yeah like that I mean that whole thing was bonkers uh and very educational in many ways uh but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, yeah, to me, it is the biggest, like, thing was, like, pivoting into a love of media making, uh, uh, and, and a love that has persevered even when it has suffered the most in the last, uh, two years or so, uh, on my end. Um, that, that kind of is the main one. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, collecting pivots, and really it's like, there have been moments where being into Transformers has introduced me tangentially to other things like Soul of Jogokin, uh, which then introduced me to various shows, like, the, you know, that's the trail that led me to some of my favorite uh, mecha anime ever in uh, in Giant Giant Robo, Day the Earth Stood Still, and uh, Shin Mazinger Z Impact, um, mm -hmm. which led me to Gurren Lagann, um, in, in a certain sense, like the, we're into transforming robot toys. And especially in the two thousands on TFW, 2005 forums, you go to the toy arc forum and you just start seeing all this other stuff that is kind of aesthetically relevant. And you kind of like spray off in that direction. Um, but, uh, I don't know, Aaron or TJ, like, I mean, Aaron, yeah, the, the wizards of the coast thing is really a hard, I mean, it's relevant to the podcast, but also it's true. And I mean, like, and you've been going to, tabletop conventions as long as i can think of um yeah and that was a crisscrossing of worlds in your case that you'd been yeah. inhabiting for a while yeah it, it was it was definitely not a place that i would have expected 
like the transformer stuff to have intersected and and enjoyed doing for for the time that we did um yeah i'm even gonna say the time that we do still yeah. it's still going on baby um well, we, 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 we get, don't we have do. like uh, official stuff there's no longer crazy scary ndas that we signed i think those are finally no longer in force no, but Bill, but Bill Moo drops even spookier NDAs because they aren't—they aren't even NDAs. They're just—they're just—they're just agreements. <laughs> I gotta—I—I I gotta. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll do this afterward. There, there's a new player night, uh, and so there's a new there's a lot of initiative to get more people playing the game virtually. So I gotta—I gotta do that thing with you I wanted to do with TTS. Yeah, you keep, now that my you computer's keep alive again. But like, so when I this is a little tangent. When I was the I was at peak TTS energy, literally thinking, man, I am synced in. I got it. Now is the time to do that that TTS session with Aaron. Literally ten seconds later, my computer had a brain death. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it took the wind out of my sails something hard. But I'm getting back in the saddle. So uh yeah, that's that's on the docket. But um TJ, in your case, I mean like you you're part of this podcast. You were also doing YouTube videos, so there's a lot of similar life path stuff in there. But like, uh, have you have you got any kind of answer for this question other than the obvious? Just new directions my collection took me in. Um, it's actually like, you went on a. We're good. No, uh, it's actually similar to uh, you know what Prime Studios has been doing, because. Um, I, I said, like, I accidentally started a Sealed Beast Wars collection. Uh, mostly oh, because yeah. I... Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I bought a bunch when the toy shop opened up before I worked there. And then uh, afterwards, I when I started working there and it changed ownership, I've been bit by bit plucking them off the wall. Uh, my intention was to actually open them up and experience the toy the way it was in 1996 without anyone else, like, putting, you know, a decade's worth of wear and tear on it and i just never got around to it you know so i just kind of left them there and pinned them to a wall and now it's like a corner of my room with like 20 of them and in a weird way this is kind of bled into another like side project of my collection which is uh i mean at first it was like i would like to get a like sealed box package example of like at least one of every transformer style I like. So like I picked up a, like, like a Cybertron buzzsaw I found in Orlando that was still on card. Cause I love how the Cybertron packaging looked. Uh, I've got like a, be- mm. a beast machines primal that was really cheap. You know, I've got, uh, what else? So like on this, on this, uh, on this current road trip, like I picked up things like I picked up a classic Grimlock, not to open it. I've still got my original, but I kind of just want one that's still on card because I like how that looks. And that collection, aside from just evolving to just any Transformer, now it's me trying to hit like a little nostalgia points for other toy lines that I was really attached to. So like I have like. Uh, I have, like, a particular Batman I grew up with from, like, the Batman Returns toy line. Uh, That's not left its packaging. I've got, on this road trip, I grabbed a few things, like, uh, like, the old Marvel, uh, like, the first Wolverine toy that had, like, that 
like yellow and blue, like traditional Wolverine, like the nineties cartoon. Like I managed yeah. to find that, you know, I had that as a kid. So now I've got one sealed. That's just going to go on a wall, you know, little bits of nostalgia. I actually like, uh, before we, just before we started, I made a post on Twitter because one of my finds while I was out there was a mint on card bull alien from the old Kenner aliens line. And, Oh yeah, oh, I saw that photo. That was meant to be uh, part of that mint inbox collection that got pinned to the wall. Somewhere that luggage got shook around so much that the trigger for the headbutt feature released. And the headbutt was so hard it burst through the plastic bubble. That seems thematic. You, it definitely is. You can't is open t- it now, though. You, no, you have to leave that I one alone as the I, one that burst through the bubble. I yeah. can't. I can't even eject. I can't even like push the head back in and pretend it didn't happen because it's funnier leaving it that way. Yeah, like this. <laughs> I'm, I got to assume that's partly just the bubble getting brittle as hell. Over oh the yeah, of several like decades. obviously, like that's but, a that yeah, that's kind of a yellow, the yellow bubble. Uh, that's really no, funny I, though. It is. That toy wanted out. It's been in there twenty some years. It has it wants out now. Release me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh it may it makes me happy. I found the queen face hugger too. Skip that one. <laughs> I I kind of I mean I haven't done it for a while, but I, I recently unearthed I never did my plan. I still gotta do it someday, but I have a a bunch of sealed uh Prid Viacons and a bunch of sealed not a bunch, but, you know, one or two. Um, Pridviacons and uh, and Reveal the Shield Rekgar Junkions. I forgot if... They're not all Rekgars. But basically, I like those two Deluxes a whole lot, and I want to make a little wall shrine of them in packaging sometime. I just got to find a wall in here to put things on. I'm really weird about never putting things on walls, because I've never done it, so I just don't. Uh, I have embarrassing number of art prints in tubes to this day. Um... But, uh, yeah, I, I hope that answered your question, uh, Prime Studio. Once again, that Twitter account is Transformer Card. I suddenly had this feeling I said Transformers Card, which is incorrect, and I don't know, and I can't check right now, so I just wanted to mention one more time. If you want to see those neat uh, trading card uh, edits, it's Transformer Card um, on Twitter. Uh, so let's uh, let's close out this podcast a little bit of off-topic action. Um, I got an expensive one because I'm, uh, you know, full of good decisions. But is um, Aaron? Have you have you done anything off-topic that's fun of late as far as gaming? I got things? one of those fifth-generation PlayStations. Ooh, those aren't those aren't real. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it definitely was a uh, friend of a friend. I, a guy knows a guy that the GameStop on the levee is going to have stock in Saturday morning. So if you're there before uh, it opens. I was about to ask, like, so who was your Wario 64? Like, who was your inside <laughs> inside track to get that? Um, And so, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. Um, And I ended up getting just a, I mean, it, they did the upsell with the bundle where I had to pay a bunch of extra money, but I got... Uh, an extra controller and a bunch of PlayStation credit and a year of PlayStation Plus so that I could have the right to buy a PlayStation 5 with disc. So um, so I've had, I've got that, and I've been playing uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West. 
since I really enjoyed the first game a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. And it load times like crazy. It looks good. And I'm now thinking that I need to either update my receiver or figure out the way. I think that there's a way that my TV can feed audio back to the receiver so that I can still have like my surround sound speakers because occasionally, because I know that the PS five can output very high rate stuff and I know my TV can take very high rate stuff, but I think it's the receiver box that sits in the middle of that, that spits out audio that is having a hard time with it. Cause I went through the whole like HDR setup. It's like, Oh yeah, your HDR is where it should be. But your system doesn't understand when I try to tell it HDR, so you won't be getting it. It's like, uh, okay, fine. This is kind of like what I was dealing with uh, minutes before we started recording, trying to plug headphones mm-hmm. into my computer and getting – it's like a virtual version of, of – it's like my computer manufactured that middleman box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it's, it's, it's been a, a, a new game console. It's doing new game console things. All right. Well, hey, how do we get you on? I, I mean, I was supposed to ask. How do we get you onto that Elden Ring? I've uh, I I've played some of the Souls like games, and and like the closest I've gotten was um, Jedi Fallen Order is like on the very light end of that, and the the Souls like parts of that made me go, hmm, I don't. Mm, Elden Ring is a very so. kind. It's a kind game. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure it is. However, there's plenty of other games in front of it now. The Miles Morales game is in there. Um, true. Is already. I, I already bought it with a bunch of the. Here's the PlayStation credits that you get. Um, because I really enjoyed the PS4 or Spider-Man game. Um, and Miles Morales, I think, is PS5 only. Mostly. Sure Ye- Damn, I can't remember. Um, I think it is. Yeah, I think it was like right when the PS5 came out and a bunch of people were like, that very easily could have been on PS4. And they went, yeah, but it's not. Buy the new one. And then we're not <laughs> making enough new ones for everybody to buy the new one. So... <laughs> um, Eat it, developers. And they're like, what do we do? Why are you doing this to us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This hurts us all, man. What are you doing? Um... But yeah, it's the controller had the the thing that's caught me off guard a few times, um, and it's in the little demo thing that comes on the PS5. But then playing it in uh, Horizon, there are times when you go to do certain things with the trigger buttons, with the you know the 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 big trigger pew pew pew, pew normal buttons, except for mm-hmm. it has the ability to have resistance in there. So instead of going all the way down, it'll be difficult to pull till you get past a break point. And even right. that in and of itself is weird. So like there's a a couple of weapons that like when you draw them, there's a like a breakover point before you pull it and the controller will give you like a little bit of tactile vibration as well as you're like right over that point. So it really gives a lot more feedback experience and it's weird and cool Hmm. and weird so well now you're now you're set to continue you can now re-enter the console wars Mm -hmm. yeah uh 
Well, congrats. Also, congratulations. You you got a hard thing to get, which is also kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not. I have. I have not done that. Uh, I before I go into my things, uh, TJ, how about you? Anything? Uh, anything off topic you want to highlight? Uh, there's a bunch of nice things that I picked up that were off topic. Someone just kind of want to brag about finding. Um, I think the big one here is probably the vintage Titanus. Oh, did you purchase vintage vintage Titanus? It's in his list of photos. Technically, no. So. Technically, oh. no. So <laughs> I stole it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, no, no, uh, uh, no, Evangelist will know the name of, uh, Matt Burkett. Uh, oh, good old, good old, yeah, good old yeah. Matt Burkett. I was thinking about him the other day. Yeah, uh, Once Upon a Time, Apollo Z Hack. Uh, some eight years ago, he stumbled into some, uh, vintage Power Rangers stuff for pretty cheap. So, like, he was hanging on to that one for me in particular. In the preceding eight years, A, he could never figure out how to actually get it mailed out to me because it's so big. And B, mm-hmm. we completely forgot what our original deal was. So I, uh, I'm i vaguely recalling one of you talking about this now. <laughs> oh, this is weird. Yeah, anyway. It, yeah, so <laughs> Sorry, it's, go ahead. It, having, it, I'm having a memory reflex. But no, since uh, my Arizona vacation was uh, was very much thanks to him and uh, staying at his place during the duration of the trip and just, uh, yeah, uh, Titanus just kind of found a way onto a suitcase with me and came back home with me. I was also going to say, I didn't, I, I, I miss, I can't quite recall, but I was like, that's not easy to put into luggage. Uh, no, no, it's like, not. T- Titanus is not, lu- he's not friendly luggage shaped in any way, shape, or form. No, <laughs> no, uh, he's, he was, uh, like, as much dismantling as I could, because the tail, the claws, and the head all come off. Uh, some mm-hmm. of it got tucked inside his little carapace. Um, the rest of it just kind of found little nooks and crannies to hide into. Uh, that was on my carry-on. I wouldn't trust luggage handling with that. Oh, that's classic. I yeah. still think about when I did that with uh, with 2013 Metroplex. That was a good time. <laughs> but Titanus was, like, super special to me because that was the one figure where, like, whenever we went to the store, me as a, you know, with me and my dad, whenever we went to the shop and Titanus was there, we couldn't afford it that week. And then every time we could afford it, Titanus was not there. So this is that one that, Always eluded me. I had a neighbor once upon a time who had Titanus, so I like borrowed it for a week just so I could see my toys as the Ultra Zord, and mm. that was it. So now I get to have like my Ultra Zord, which I have yet to put together because I'm still unpacking everything. And I kind of want a Titanus because I have I have the other two back. Uh, out west, and there was a whole saga getting the Dragon Zord, which I only ever saw once in my entire life on a store shelf. Uh, Titanus, I saw maybe twice, but that was it. 
Uh, those things were hard to, to come by. But yeah, I've always been tempted. It's 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 a good toy. I've got my mine from like back when it was the thing on the shelves. Yeah, but I never saw them. Uh, the Power Power Rangers DX robots from that first run just sold like they were gone uh, in Victoria, BC. Like just gone whenever they showed up anywhere. The, I only ever got the Dragon Sword because I saw it in the back room of Toys and Wheels while someone was opening a door to go to the back room. And then, like, we had to make deals to actually purchase it. Because, like, oh, that's on hold for somebody. And I just remember it was like, how long has it been on hold? And, like, is there a time we can come back to pick up the slack of whoever put it on hold and didn't buy it? Uh, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Oh, man. Anyway, congrats on Titanus. Because uh, he, he is a he is a, a goofy Brachio boy. Um... And uh, yeah, shouts out, shouts out, Matt Burkett, monstrosities vlog, if I recall correctly. Um, well, very cool. I'm just, I'm going. I was Aaron mentioned it was on your Twitter, so I went to look at the picture. I also saw that you had to skip out on a thruster, but don't worry, those those always appear on a thruster. The go the what the the uh, GoBot spaceships always find their way. Oh, into, that one, uh, into that view. one, that thruster. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ran across that three times on this trip. And yeah, pro- thrust, pro- thruster and the command station are everywhere. Oh, uh, the command station I've got thruster. Like, good thing I didn't get because I would have no room on it for uh, if I had. That would have to be. Yeah. That would have been one of those mail home situations. <laughs> yeah, I just in my limited experience, thruster and the command station are given their their prestigious look. They are tremendously common for how big they are. Uh, not to say you can just like pick one up off the street, but like you'd think they'd be more rare. Was my experience? Yeah, yeah. Because at said toy shop, I found two, but the first one I found on that vacation was like at a used record store, which is valid. Mm, That's valid. <laughs> it's not. It's not the weirdest thing I found at the, at at such a record store on that trip. <laughs> Uh, I, this GoBots talk. Also, I have to I have to call out again that uh, that I know from one of your photos you you caught a uh, you caught a GoBots psycho, um, which made me remember because I just recently looked at it. I, I I don't remember why now, but I I have three psychos in a box here, and I don't <laughs> remember why I have three of them, but I got a whole lot of them. <laughs> I think I was yeah. trying to piece together a mint one. But I, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> yeah, I yeah the the GoBot haul for the trip actually finished at six, which surprised me. Hell yeah! Uh, I I always I always promote getting GoBots because they're good toys. Oh, where did I see it? Anyway, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm just I'm trying to find something. Yeah, there's there's Psycho. Yeah, that's that's uh that that alt mode is from. An anime. I think it's from Cobra or something like that. Uh, good toy, worth buying. Um, but uh, yeah, any any let's say any, anything else major off topic you want to throw in here, or do you want to save some also for uh, for next time? I'm just flipping uh, through your thread. There's a bajillion things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a bajillion. Yes, there are. Um, I'll, do, I'll bring up some like the cool ones, not necessarily any I can talk on, but just like brag. Oh my god, look what I found. 
Uh, I stumbled into it. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the weird thing I found at a used record shop, same, same, uh, uh, same company, different location, a a still in box car ranger vibe Like, yeah, just, uh, actually, no, no, I can't justify that. That's just weird. It is. It, It is exceptionally weird. Uh, yeah, just the the people behind the counter say, "Oh, that Power Ranger sword is like, uh, well, actually, uh, but it, it's it's fun it's fun telling people that like, yeah, uh, so in Japan, uh, this was about traffic safety, uh, which is a weird superhero concept, but that's where it came from. Um, I'm trying to think what else, um." Cause like I got a bunch, I got a bunch of like random writer and Sentai stuff. Found a found a Gokai saber finally. Uh, got my Shogun, hey. got my Shogun Megazord back. He needs his weapons, but I don't care. He looks awesome and fixes a mistake from years ago. Um, I always forget he has a sword. He doesn't look like he needs it. Well, he's got the fish flame sword. He does, but it's like. Look at look at the Shogun Megazord. It's like, does that need a sword, or does that just need to punch something? It just like needs he's... to punch things, yeah. But the individual Zords have weapons too, and those, that's true. Those I have to. Those I also have to find. I think like the biggest non-transformer thing out of the whole lot that I could talk on. I don't know if. Oh, actually, you know what? I will save it because last time I talked a toy from this toy line, it unearthed like an entire like mountain of worms. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get us off on that again. Uh, I'll end off. Oh, on I my... know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. We'll hold. Well, I guess we'll hold off on that one. I will share this though. Let me link this. So I found this at a vinyl shop in Little Tokyo. Uh, so this is a rag- mm. Ragnar by Last Bastion Studios, which is a local design studio in California, and. Essentially, it's a big vinyl Gamera with a Mega Man arm cannon. I was going to say, it says interchangeable right claw hand. Uh, is it just a peg? Uh, it's like a Glyos vinyl, you know, uh, heated up. I was about up to say, like is, is like... it using... Yeah, is, is it using that kind of peg system? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a Glyos peg, but it works the same way. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so take a hair dryer to it, pull it off, and then pop pop the other claw hand on. Yeah, and he's a you, you see the dim- you see the dimensions listed. He is a beefy turtle. Like way bigger than any of the vinyls I had bought previously. Oh yeah, yeah. Weighs a pound. Mhm. Yeah, and that's hollow and it's oh, still weighs wow, a pound. Oh wow, yeah. He's he's basically an eight, an eight and a half inch cube. Essentially, a, a turtle-shaped cube, yes. Yeah. That's big. Eight and a half inches is that is a lot. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm using my tape measure. Uh, that is, you could throw that and mm-hmm. you feel good about it. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like immediately, just like fell in love with this thing as soon as I saw it. It's been a long time since I've gotten like proper vinyl. It's not Japanese vinyl, but it's made the same way, so it's got that nice smooth feel to it. Uh, but. Yeah, yeah, he's just is is exceptional. Like they they've got an online shop, and I kind of want more. I kind of want to get another one. 
some of these yeah i immediately went to see like okay what are the other colorways and aside from like the the blank ones the two the two painted versions look gorgeous yeah so uh, there was like a, 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 a yeah uh, th- there's a few different painted ones. Uh, there is one that's like accurate to like his actual colors, like brown shell, green under carapace, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, like I want them to keep making more. I love this design. Uh... I yeah, know this I'm part of me just loves ske- like skeleton painted one on here. It looks really cool. Yeah, don't tell anyone about that. There's only ten of them. <laughs> There is not a skeleton painted. There is okay. List. There's no skeleton painted one. And if there was, <laughs> maybe after TJ buys it, and there are nine left, yes. then it'll be cool. Yeah. Just... Uh, well, props to Christopher Hillseth who designed and sculpted that. I'm just reading credits out loud now. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, the other thing you mentioned, I spotted it, and I know what it is. Yeah, we <laughs> we have to uh, assemble all members of the team first. Uh, best mes- the best members suited for this mission. Um, or we're gonna. Oh, and I, I even have things to say about this one. Yeah, we gotta hold off. But <laughs> <laughs> those who have been tuning in for a while might you know pop the switchblade open and figure out what it is we're referring to. Um, it is demonstrably that action figure of the masked rider insect man. Uh, that got your bull alien in this one photo. <laughs> I was so upset that got that not that got beaten up pretty badly on the on the way home. Uh, let's, ah. Yeah, I mean it's still intact, but the card's crinkled up now. It's kind of, uh, but it, it was funny when I got it. <laughs> Uh, well, it sounds like it was a, a generally positive experience, good trip, which especially right, you know, being able to do that right now is probably a very, uh, uh, what do you call it, puts a lot of good brain chemicals in place. Um. Oh, you have video up. Sorry. I'm just, <laughs> I didn't look at the internet uh, all afternoon or evening, so I'm, I'm just seeing all this stuff that I missed out. <laughs> uh. All right, very cool. Sorry, I'm getting off tangents. I'm uh, I'm getting a little zony in the brain because I also I did a sleep cycle reset on the weekend. So I'm, uh, what do you call it? I'm I got I got normie cycle right now. Uh, I've mentioned this before. I'm like I'm like Kota Ibushi. I I just sort of run on a 26 hour brain clock. So sometimes I have to cycle around. It just happens. Um, but uh, I do have something off topic, uh, to mention briefly. Uh, I've talked about, uh, enjoying and collecting, uh, DX VF31s from Macross Delta, and I got my VF31AX, the Axe Mirage version. Uh, there's a, there was a, there was another Axe, the, 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 the came out before this, but I just wanted the Mirage version because Mirage is the best. Uh, the Axe is the wings swept back variant of the VF31 with some other retooling on the arms, uh, for a bit of, uh, extra bulk panels. Uh, it is very nice. It is a 31, so the transformation is delightful. Uh, my major qualms with it are that there are, there are three very small friction tabs that don't fully lock in place. Um, so the, the lock, but it's very easy to pop them a little bit loose. It's very minor, but on a VF31DX, every minor thing, uh, is major because it is a very expensive high-end piece. So, uh, unfortunate to say that I feel like, um, especially because two of those tabs are the fold-over, uh, 
panel that the the guns are on uh, that end up on the forearms. Um, my other six times I've experienced the mold, those have just clicked into place. This is the first time I've had one where one of them kind of pops a little bit loose afterwards. It's not the end of the world as far as messing with the figure, but I'm kind of like, I wonder if they've finally started running into a wall with the VF-31 in some respect. <laughs> uh, it is that tiny little tab. But we'll see. Otherwise, it feels fine. Um, it's, uh, you know, again, a v- probably my favorite Macross design as far as an actual in-hand toy. Um, and all the magic on it is still there. Just the way that at the very end, the accordioning to form the torso, uh, the S stacked chunks of plane just click together in one final moment. It's, just, it's glorious. Um but uh, other than that, I have a little victory, which is that I was looking for cheap Malifaux miniatures, uh, which is a game. And on a local store, they had a thing that said, for 10 bucks, a Fate deck and some upgrade cards. And I thought, well, 10 bucks for a Fate deck is pretty good. That's just a poker deck that's Malifaux-themed uh, with plastic cards. And maybe these are the upgrade cards, so I don't have to print them off. And then I get it in the mail today. And it was uh, upgrade cards and a card for a limited edition metal uh, variant model they put out a couple years ago uh, that looks really cool. It's the Silent Knight. Uh, and the only place I could find it for sale so far wanted 40 American dollars for it. So I got it for 10 bucks with a free pack of cards. So I feel like I won. Um, so I, I, I glued that together this morning after I had a, a breakfast sandwich. Uh, that That is my story. I have not played Malifaux. I just have suddenly gotten enamored with a bunch of it. Um... So I've been building Malifaux miniatures for the last little while in uh, some of that spare time. But that brings us to the end of the episode 616 of WTF at TFW. Thank you all for uh, for chilling with us for a sesh. Um, thank you, Aaron and TJ, for chilling with me for a sesh of this as well. I've been drinking some fine water out of my two-liter water jug, my streamer jug, if you will, and I'm feeling very hydrated. I uh, hope you guys are feeling... Uh, brain hydrated by all of the conversation. Um, but also thanks for joining me. Um, we'll be back with some more, uh, chit chat, uh, sooner than later. And, uh, I gotta, I'm going to see if I can also weave a little bit of TCG into this. Cause we, we just finished up. We, um, the, uh, the Omega invitational circuit just finished up, which was an event that closed out the first season of Bayformers, uh, Transformers TCG play. The Transformers TCG has now been in the hands of players and player-developed sets longer than it was in the hands of Wizards of the Coast, which is a really weird thing to think about, because that means the game was actually not around as long as I thought it was, and also, 2020 is a lot farther away than I thought it was. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's gonna. That's always going to be on the docket, talking about that thing, because that game is still pretty dang fun. In the meantime, uh, take care of yourselves, stay very safe, it still is pretty tricky out there, so don't let your guard down, and um, end of the day, uh, I demand of you your survival, because you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hear, we're gonna talk about mask stuff, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. Bye bye Yes. What the f- that, that.
Chief put you down so bad-ass perpetrators, and they're here to stay. 